Welcome to the conversation. I'm Hal Russell. Uh, I tried. And and <laughs> and I'm Malik. I was gonna do maybe a Kazooie thing, but I've never really heard her talk verbally. So not really. No. <laughs> yeah, you can kind of figure it out through context clues, but uh, and I'm Malik. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> no matter. It just sounds like Marge Simpson at a, at a certain point. <laughs> Which I hate, so we're we're not going to do that. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, welcome, welcome, Malik. It's Malik, everyone. Malik is here. Hello, <laughs> Malik, the cartoon gamer. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the conversation. It's been a while. When's the last time you were on? I don't even remember. Uh, I think it was when we did the conversation mini about Diddy Kong being in Mario Kart 64, actually. Oh, yeah. It's been about a year. Yeah, it seems so much longer ago. Granted, we were talking about a game that by that point was a quarter century old, so, you know, or or it's, it's almost a quarter century old, so time is yeah. naturally skewed when it comes to that. Well, welcome back. You're going to be discussing another timely topic, a character who hasn't had a mm-hmm. new game... <laughs> since 2008. Uh, <laughs> womp womp. No, uh, this is Character Witness. I was holding off on doing a Character Witness for Banjo for the longest time because I was kind of holding out hope that he was going to be in Smash Brothers. And I, I was like, well, I don't want to do this Character Witness for Banjo because I feel like it, it would just taper off. It's like, and then he was in IDARP, and then that's it. And he died. <laughs> but no, I, he, he got into Smash. So I, I was going to do this, you know, more contemporaneous with his and Kazooie's introduction into Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. But then, you know, we had, we had other stuff to talk about. And then a worldwide pandemic kind of just threw all my plans out the window. And anyway... Mm-hmm. Circling back around, you know, here we are. It's the summertime, middle of the summer here in the Northern Hemisphere. And for me, summer is a great time to talk about Banjo, specifically the original Banjo-Kazooie game. It came out in the summer, came out in late June, and I associate it so much with summer. I, I have two primary associations with this season. The first is you know, the standard summer imagery of tropical environments, beaches, the ocean, what have you, which, you know, naturally ties into so much of the DKU, much of the Banjo-Kazooie series as well. But I also have another side of summer, and maybe this is more where I grew up, but I think of the countryside summer, like rolling hills, uh, mountains, and for me, Banjo-Kazooie... And Spiral Mountain in particular really ties into all of that. And because Mm -hmm. I consider Banjo-Kazooie to be such a summertime game, summer of 98, I mean, my whole life revolved around Banjo-Kazooie, this is a good time to do a Banjo episode. I know we have a lot of other stuff we need to talk about, like Nintendo discontinuing Dr. Mario World uh, right after Halloween, which (laughs) is just one of the most heartbreaking things 
I think, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it later on in the conversation because even if you don't care about the game, and I liked it, I gave it a better review here on the conversation initially than I did Mario Kart Tour, but it didn't stick with me in any real way. It's not like it's something I go back to again and again. So you would think, well, why do you care about that game being discontinued? Hmm. Well, I care because it's a piece of the DKU that will be lost to history unless someone figures out a way to kind of archive it as we have Donkey Kong Country Barrel Maze or the Banjo-Kazooie mobile games. So it's just this frightening prospect that come November 1st, this piece of the DKU, however small, will no longer be accessible at all to anybody going forward. And that's horrifying as a someone who's very much about games preservation and chronicling the history of a universe, a a shared universe, a fictional universe. Losing Mm -hmm. an aspect of that is something we've feared for a long time here at DK Vine. And we've been able to stave it off thus far. I don't know if we're going to get out of this one, Malik. So yeah, we could be talking yeah. about that. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna be, we're, but we could be talking about a lot of other things too. I need to talk about the Olympics with David because you know Donkey Kong is competing at these Olympics, uh, as, right. as depicted in that the 2019 classic Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics. 2020 i don't even remember the name that it has a weird order to it that's about right yeah but the 2019 game about events in 2020 that didn't actually occur until 2021 (laughs) we'll be discussing that next time on the conversation i'm also working on some surprises uh an interview or two perhaps so we got a lot of stuff cooking here in the conversation kitchen but it has been a while since we've discussed anything related to Banjo-Kazooie, really. And part of that is because there really hasn't been much to discuss. After they got into Smash, we've had merchandise, the mumbo-jumbo first four figure statue, the... uh, Fan gamer stuff. Yeah, those uh, little vinyl figurines, bottles, and 2D, and and Banjo-Kazooie, which I pre-ordered, of course. Of course, I'm getting the mumbo with the Banjo-Crocodile transformation, but you know, we don't really just, we don't have really have a, a merchandise corner here on the conversation where we just chat about the newest goods because that would that would be something we have to talk about. I think it would get old. So hmm. we haven't sat down to talk about Banjo Kazooie, and I like when whenever something enters a dry spell, and I know Banjo has been kind of in a dry spell for a while. Big things like Smash, notwithstanding, I do like to dedicate some time every now and then, out of the blue, to uh, a nostalgia pool. Like, okay, we're, well, we're going to spend this week talking about Banjo and Kazooie because it's been overdue. So th- th- this is, hopefully, will be a treat for the Banjo fans and stave off the feelings of ennui that, that spring about for <laughs> waiting for anything coming down the pipe for Banjo and Kazooie. Uh, in the meantime, though, I would also like to say, uh, follow DK Vine on social media. If, if you like Banjo and Kazooie, I do run Banjo Kazooie content, uh, on all the social media channels, Facebook and Twitter. Joe Mudd runs mm-hmm. the Instagram and 
a lot of Jolly Roger content for you Jolly Roger fans on the Instagram account. Uh, so check those out. Also, check out Malik and the cartoon gamer. Malik, sell yeah. yourself. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, so let's, I like long walks on the, no, uh, let's see. I have a YouTube channel where I just talk about video games. Uh, you can also follow, and other stuff and cartoons and things like that. You can also follow me on, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and anything else I might be forgetting. But, uh, if you like, uh, what you hear right now, there's plenty more where that came from. And if you don't, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. (laughs) Is that good? (laughs) Yes. You can also check out Malik. Uh, Did You Know Gaming? Malik is also a frequent contributor. (laughs) Did You Know Gaming? Which is always fun to hear you pop up in those. Uh, I quite enjoy. Oftentimes I do know, but it's always Mm -hmm. nice for other people to know. I try to make my stuff interesting. Like, it's been a little while since... Well, actually, no. I, I did the canceled Game Boy Advance games. I did, like, we covered over 100 games on that one, and I covered, like, 60 of them i wrote entries for each one wow but i tried to make them sound really interesting and if you listen to the soundtrack there is a lot of rareware game boy advance music playing in the background so you you know i left my stamp on that thing you left your stamper on it i knew you were going to say that so i I just (laughs) let you say that i i I, yeah (laughs) also be sure to check out both of us on patreon if if you're a fan of what we do we're on patreon and uh right now we are live streaming that's for the dk vine patreon crowd five dollars and up you can listen to most episodes of the conversation live i know we do occasionally the live episodes on our twitch channel and we'll still do those on occasion for everyone but for the nitty-gritty week-to-week episodes we do like stream those live privately for the five dollar and up patrons, I want to give a shout out to Rayday Pinball, uh, John Tessier's in here, and uh, our friend, amazing DJ Dustin, part of the Idaho crew. You can catch Dustin on Tuesday nights on our Twitch channel, uh, streaming games with uh, Agent Ape and ACZ, and their friend Tito. They they just take over our Twitch channel, and it's like it's Idaho time. Anyway. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And thank you in the future, listening to this edited episode on all the uh, the YouTubes and the, the SoundClouds and the podcast networks. Thank you all for listening. All right. Let's talk about Banjo Malik. Now, all right. Before we get started, actually, we got a couple calls to take from the DK Vine hotline, which you can call at any time and leave a message. one 630 Vine. That's 8463 on a touchstone phone. And uh, what's a touchstone phone? I don't know. Uh, that's just what they used to say. And you can, you can leave us a... Don't touch that dial. Yep, you can leave us a three-minute or less voice message. And, you know, we, we often pitch it whenever there's an episode where we're taking calls. So usually that's only when it comes up. But you can call anytime. And you know, if you just leave any sort of message that's relevant to the DKU or the conversation, then we might eventually play it on uh, a call sack episode, which we haven't done in a while. We need to do one of those, I guess. But yeah, call, call anytime. 1202-630-VINE. All right, let's take this first call. And because okay. both, of, both of these calls are intense, Malik. I just want to give you a warning. I, one hand, intense. I listened ahead 
because they were both almost exactly three minutes long. And it's like, well, these people had something to say. And both of them Mm -hmm. are very passionate, (laughs) very opinionated about very, very minute aspects of banjo. So we're we're, going to let them have their soapbox and then we'll see what we have to contribute to their points. Very well, then. Hey, conversation. This is just Andre calling in to talk about Banjo the Bear. Uh, not Banjo Bear, that's ridiculous. Banjo the Bear. Um, specifically, one particular incident in his life, the promotional video that Rare put out shortly after they were bought by Microsoft. Uh, I don't know if that video has any sort of official name. Uh, the YouTube upload of it that I found is just titled Rare Characters. Uh, but in any case, with the exception of his dialogue in Diddy Kong Racing, uh, this promotional video contains potentially the only instance we ever get to hear of Banjo speaking that isn't just the, you know, the garble speak. Uh, now, whenever people refer back to this incident, they claim that the only intelligible part of Banjo's speech is the word Xbox, which is a lie. It is a bold-faced, blatant, willful, malicious lie. Look up the video again. Remember, it's titled Rare Characters on YouTube. And listen to that part. Banjo very clearly says while addressing Conquer. Now, I don't give a hell. Now, get your handgun to the Xbox landing thing. So, a few key takeaways to take from this. Uh, number one, Banjo, despite being one of the all-time great platforming mascots, does not actually know the word platform. He instead tells Conker to get his handgun to the Xbox landing thing, by which he, of course, obviously means the Xbox platform. Uh, More important, though, is the other takeaway, which is how he begins that sentence. Now, I don't give a hell. So, when it comes to the subject of that promotional video, the Microsoft buyout, Banjo is canonically on record as saying that he doesn't care or doesn't give a hell. He's not upset or angry about not being with Nintendo anymore. He apparently doesn't even have any misgivings. Whereas Conker, at least in Banjo's mind, needs to be actively persuaded to get on over to Xbox, which is why Banjo is kind of uncharacteristically issuing Conker this command. Uh, And that's really interesting because, for one thing, between the two, you would think Conker would feel more at home with Xbox and it would be Banjo who would need to be nudged out of his comfort zone with Nintendo. But Conker apparently feels frustrated enough that he whips out a chainsaw and carves up the Xbox logo. So, yeah, a lot of fascinating character dynamics at play in that video, and I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Thank you. Well, Andre, thank you for the call. Just a side note, uh, Andre was responsible for our last character witness that we've done on the conversation, which was early season eight we we had to do a character witness for the Banjo Tui boss, Mister Patch. So oh, because yeah, of, yeah, because of Andre, we did a character witness for Mister Patch before we did Banjo. Now, to your point about his surname not being Bear, I'll I'll come back around to that, my friend. 
Now, uh, <laughs> I also want to add, <laughs> I also want to add, because I always want to point this out because I'm always impressed when it happens. Andre, we have a three-minute mark for the DK Vine hotline. Three minutes and your call gets cut off. Andre's call clocked in at two minutes, 59 seconds, and just shy of hitting the three-minute mark by point seven seconds. That's wow. skillful. That's like when you're pumping gas and you, you land right on the <laughs> like even dollar amount, right? Like, oh, Ooh, thirty dollars. Oh, right I practiced there. that for like a, a long time. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to practice. Like, okay, we're almost at the twenty dollar market. We could do this. We could do this. Right. And we always got it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it, nostalgic. So I have to applaud whenever it happens because that you could tell he knew that they were about to hit three minutes, but no, they would be like, okay, bye, <laughs> done, <laughs> phone down. Uh, so to to speak to the crazier point of the call. uh Yes. You know, I can't. I don't know if I can verify that Banjo is actually saying this. It. I mean, I w- when I hear it played back in my mind, yeah, those those sounds he makes, those guttural noises, sort of co- correspond with what Andre is claiming. I'm not disputing Andre here. Uh, Andre might be onto something. Uh, I just can't he verify. Might be on it. something. Well. uh i i honestly i mean i wish i was on something right now but (laughs) did you run out of angry orchard oh i i've I've switched to uh bold rock which is a local brand but it's far less Mm -hmm. sweet which uh i i i I found that angry orchard was just uh it's too sugary i i I like a little bit more bitterness in my ciders (laughs) Anyway, so whatever Andre's point is, I do sort of agree, though, that Banjo would be more laid back about jumping to the Xbox. Like, like I, I can't say that this trailer itself is canon. This is, this is a promotional piece that was almost a commercial, and I wouldn't say commercials are canon, but yeah. uh, I, I think... You can always use these little things to inform your understanding of the characters in universe for events that actually happen to them. So yeah, and I I can't imagine Banjo would even say I don't give a hell. That that's not even a thing people say. That's honestly. not that that that's actually not. <laughs> I I don't think that's ever been uttered by any human until Andre said no. it just now. But. <laughs> <laughs> like I can see Banjo sort of trying to like clean up his language and and use harsh sounding words, but even then, like hell, hell is a bit much for Banjo. I think. Yeah, Ban- Banjo's pretty bland and uh, um, unoffensive when he, you know, when he needs to be. So when he needs to be, I, I, I'm sorry. I think Banjo. <laughs> Would be pretty easy going though about the switch to Xbox. Like I, I think he would be a little sad to say goodbye to all of his friends at Nintendo, but he'd be like, "Well, I'm just excited for this opportunity." Uh, I so want to prove our new Microsoft overlords. Whereas Conquer, cynical, jaded bastard that he is, would hate anybody who who uh he's he's under the corporate umbrella of like he yeah he saw through the nintendo logo the n64 logo 
He he saw through the Xbox logo. He he's a rare partisan. He doesn't care about the brand, the the platform that Rare is on. So yeah, I mean, I I think it syncs up. Even if logically, when you look at who actually like owned the rights to the characters, Conquer was always purely Rare owned. Where Banjo, you know, Nintendo had a stake in him. Um, besides that, right. I think it speaks true to the characters themselves. So. Anyway, Andre, uh, you know, are you doing all right, buddy? You're just sitting around <laughs> trying to decipher nearly 20-year-old promotional videos uh, that are low fidelity anyway, because when they came came out, like, you know, internet couldn't really support much in the way of streaming video at the time. So these are heavily compressed, and I would love a high-def ver- version of this uh, Mm-hmm. I was going to say trailer, but I guess it's more of a announcement in video form. You know, it, it's it's so much from that era, like the Donkey Kong Racing trailer that we got a better version of. Uh, finally, this last summer, it, it surfaced um, earlier this year. Actually, I said this last summer; it's still summer. Uh, it resurfaced earlier this year from a promotional DVD. Uh, but but even then, you know, you can always get better quality than that. And I would love if somewhere in the rare archive, <laughs> somewhere in Twycross, I know this exists on some hard drive somewhere. So anyway, you can feel the pain in 480p. <laughs> I you know what I just said earlier today, you know, I know it's it's been almost 20 years and I know the buyout was a time of uncertainty and, and pain. But I mean, I play my Xbox <laughs> more than any console these days and ukulele is going to be free with uh games with gold on xbox uh, second half of august this is coming after conquer live and reloaded was free uh in july and i'm just like some somewhere along the way the xbox became sort of the covert ultimate dku machine sans donkey kong and and star fox adventures but you know it's, Mm -hmm. it's it's like, you know, I don't really mind the buyout these days. Um, everything. No, no, I was just referring to Donkey Kong Racing. Just the oh, pain oh, of not, oh. never getting that. Oh, yeah, no, no. That that will be one thing I will never be over, and I will never find nope. a silver lining of. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Andre. Uh, go outside a little bit. <laughs> I'm worried about you. <laughs> All right, let's take the second call. All righty. Yo, what up, DK Vine? It's the J Tess Express, aka John Tessier, whatever you want to call me, calling in for another conversation once again. This time, we are discussing the in-universe history of Banjo from Banjo Kazooie. What a great topic! So much stuff to discuss, and I'm sure you guys are going to discuss everything possible. So I'm going to come at you with a hot take, an unpopular opinion. You might not have thought of it, and I'm just going to say it right now. I think Banjo from Banjo Kazooie is a stoner. He is a pothead. He is a doobie-doobie pothead stoner. And there is a lot of evidence in the game for that. Uh, example, his description in the manual lists his hobbies as sleeping, swimming, and dancing when the mood takes him. Now, you might think, oh, he's just a lazy guy, and he lists sleeping as one of his hobbies because he's a lazy bear. But if you're a pothead, you love sleeping because that's just what potheads do. We love sleeping. We're always tired all the time. That's a pothead thing. Dancing when the mood takes him, more like dancing when he's got a nice blunt in his mouth. Also, he carries a backpack everywhere, which you might be thinking, well, yeah, he does that for Kazooie, so Kazooie can come with him. But no, 
He carries a backpack everywhere so he can keep all his marijuana paraphernalia in there. Every single pothead always carries a backpack everywhere for the exact same reason. All right, and also, another evidence is that he thought the game was finished without even defeating the final boss. In Banjo-Kazooie, you end the game when you finish the, uh, the quiz game. He goes back to his house, and he parties like he's already finished the game, but he doesn't defeat the final boss. Clearly wanted another craving for his bong rips and all his weed. And why is he wearing sunglasses in that scene? No one else is wearing sunglasses but him and Kazooie, because they were stoned off their asses. Their eyes were red, and it's a children's game, so they couldn't show that. And they just wanted to go home. They're like, I don't even want to defeat Grunty. I want to go home, take a bong rip, and then Tootie's like, oh, you got to defeat the boss. So they're like, okay. I guess we have to do that. And then they go back at the end of Banjo Kazooie, they're pardoned on an island. Again, only ones wearing sunglasses because they're high. Also, why is his voice in Banjo Kazooie significantly different? It's way deeper because he had been taking bong rips those past two years. And that's also why he's fat in Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. You're saying, oh, he just got lazy. He just got, uh, you know, he's not in any ventures anymore. He's staying at home. No. No. He's a pothead. And he was smoking weed, and that's why he got fat, because he got the munchies, and that's why he's fat and nuts and bolts. And now he's probably not smoking weed anymore, which is a good thing. But Banjo is a pothead. That's what I'm saying. Done. Have a good one. The convictions that people are calling in with, um, so adamant about their points. I, I think both of the callers need to go out <laughs> <laughs> well, Malik, let me tell you what would happen if I went outside right now. Okay. Virginia legalized marijuana uh, became legal July 1st. So now when you walk across the street from the DK Vine offices where I'm recording this, you have a place, an establishment called Dr. Dank's Dispensary. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's 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 just uh, it's, it's times are changing, and uh, to speak to John's point here, uh, I don't really think that banjo would be opposed to the occasional partaking in herbal substances, remedies, perhaps. I, th- I don't mm-hmm. think he would define himself by that in such a way that his whole life would center around it. I think sometimes, uh, you know, if, if somebody's offering, he would take it. I don't really see him toting it around, toting for the toking. I don't, I don't, I don't think like that's what the backpack is for pre Kazooie, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, Banjo's not necessarily a prude in the way that uh, we think of prudes uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff. I think Banjo, uh, he's a pretty laid-back guy, but I think he's just laid-back naturally. Uh, His personality and his upbringing, I I don't think he really needs uh, any assistance there. Uh, We can infer from the beverage he's got after they beat Granny's quiz in Banjo-Kazooie that he maybe has a beer every now and then. Um, yeah. But, you know, I and, and you know, who knows what happened in the downtime between Tui and Nuts and Bolts uh, where he did gain all that weight and he was just eating pizza with Kazooie all the time. Uh, you know, 
I, I'm sure it's legal in Spiral Mountain. I'm 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 sure it's legal in most places in the rare <laughs> archipelago because they seem pretty laid Casual back. murder is legal in rare in the rare archipelago. Why not? You know, yeah, it, it's 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 pretty um pretty chill there from what I've seen. Uh, but I think Funky Kong, yes, Funky Kong is definitely. Uh, he, he's he's what he's what you call an industrious stoner in that he d- he doesn't uh, develop these sloth like attributes uh, that the stereotype implies. He 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 definitely uses it, but he is also somehow a vastly successful inventor and businessman. Uh, the Donkey Kong's Island Donkey Kong Island's version of Richard Branson, minus the wasteful trips into not outer space. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't know to speak to your point, John. Sure, maybe occasionally. I don't think he's a doobie doobie stoner, though. I think that's taking it a bit too far. Well, now that we got that out of the way, yeah, yeah I, I, <laughs> I have nothing to add because honestly, that's never even crossed my mind. Yeah, <laughs> like out of all the characters in a DKU, uh, I, I don't think of Banjo as um, the pothead. I, sorry, uh, Funky, yes, absolutely. Hell, look, look at the uh, episode artwork for Funky Kong's character witness way back in season four. Uh, for for my opinion on that, but Banjo, eh, sometimes, but he's not a pothead. Even All the right. DKC cartoon re- referenced that joke, like Funky Kong is like flying, and he's like, "I've never seen green clouds before." Well, <laughs> maybe one time. <laughs> oh my like, god! Oh, even they know Malik. <laughs> I don't know if you've just witnessed uh-huh. the history here, but I just laughed with the DKC cartoon for the very first time. <laughs> I just realized, it's like, wait, did I just hear that right? I, I think I've just made Hyle laugh with a Donkey Kong Country TV show joke. Oh, my God. I, th- I think I think it's the clouds from Dr. Danks. Oh, my God. They have an effect on me. All right. <laughs> Well, Banjo, the the life story of Banjo, uh, minus Andre and John's very, very argumentative points. (laughs) Well, we have to look at, like, beyond just the Banjo-Kazooie series, because the earliest reference to Banjo in the chronology of the Donkey Kong universe, you you would say, oh, it's Diddy Kong Racing, and then I'd be like, nope. And you say, oh, wait, you're right. It would be when he time-traveled back to 1978. It'd be Granny's Revenge. And I would be like, nope. Because Sea of Thieves actually has the earliest reference to Banjo uh, and Kazooie. But but we'll, we're just focusing on Banjo tonight. In uh, the vast island of Plunder Valley... In, in the ancient isles of Sea of Thieves, there is a cave painting of a bear and a bird. And this actually mm-hmm. has attached lore to it. The ancients that used to live in the Sea of Thieves, like long before the Golden Age of Piracy, and, and all the pirates came into this realm, they prophesized a bear and a bird that would fight an evil witch. And uh, they, they made this cave painting, and then later on, the Grand Maritime Union, who started selling like, ship designs to pirates, uh, sold them this bear and bird uh, ships, like, 
livery with with complete with sails with the cave painting on it. And it's it's believed like by these pirates in the Sea of Thieves that this is a good luck charm, this bear and this bird of prophecy and legend. And we do know from the beginning of Sea of Thieves that Treasure Trove Cove, at the very least, is in the Sea of Thieves. So the ancients and their prophecy might have been a, a result of Banjo-Kazooie traveling into the Sea of Thieves during the events of Banjo-Kazooie. They, they had the foresight to see that this would come centuries into the future. And so this, this is the earliest reference to Banjo. At the, he's just referred to as the bear here. But yeah, I, I think like he's important enough that he has prophecy attached to him, which doesn't really equate with how Banjo presents himself. Because for me, Banjo is, as, as John pointed out, he's laid back. He is, um, he's chill in a way that the Kongs aren't. Banjo is one of the most important characters in a DKU. He's definitely the biggest spinoff character from the Donkey Kong branch, right? Like Diddy Kong Racing was the introduction of Banjo and Conker. And I would say Banjo, stature wise, and just how much fans love him, how renowned he is. The fact that he is, you know, one half of this titular duo, he's right up there with the Kongs in importance. But he's actually not like the Kongs in a lot of ways. And and part of that is the drive to be a video game hero. The, the Kongs are all about the video game hero life, right? Donkey Kong is a video game hero. Diddy, that was his whole arc early on. He wanted to be a video game hero like Donkey. Dixie also wanted it she got it uh, cranky is a is a legendary video game icon you know th- th- this is all central to their arcs and they all like to adventure but they all like to adventure under the auspices of being a hero and banjo he just kind of wants to exist he just wants to like yeah be chill he just wants to he might sleep in in the mornings and he's all about doing the right thing uh, and he will rise to the occasion when he needs to, but he really doesn't have any grand aspirations of being a video game hero. Or, you know, he he made a reference to going on an adventure with Tootie, or rather Tootie made the reference to it at the beginning of Banjo-Kazooie, which I always thought was just Banjo placating his little sister, like, yeah, we're going to go on an mm-hmm. adventure, which really <laughs> meant they were going to maybe walk for a mile the or two. store. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they would go for a walk <laughs> up the ravine uh, outside of Spiral Mountain. And, and then, Yeah, that's what I always and thought. And then they would be home by mid-afternoon, and then Banjo would uh, like watch judge judy or whatever was on in 1998 <laughs> but, uh yeah i i, would, I see like 2d would have the aspirations that banjo does not have banjo in a lot of ways reminds me i i often say diddy is the first truly millennial video game character um in in a way that he he's a millennial who acts like a millennial but i would and i would say banjo it, like based on his age when Banjo Kazooie came out would be Gen X or like late Gen X. But Banjo in a lot of ways acts like a millennial in that 
he doesn't want for really much. He just wants to have a quiet, nice life. Um, and, and he wants bygones to be bygones. And he, he just well, he just wants to have a nice little home in the country, a nice little cottage in the country. And, you know, he, he, he doesn't have any grand aspirations because previous generations stole all the wealth. So we, he's not left with much, <laughs> but that's fine. Just just wants a nice, quiet life out in the country. And, you know, that that's kind of counter to the Kongs, where the Kongs, you know, are the, the guardians of Donkey Kong Island. And, you know, they they protect other islands like, oh, oh, Timber's Island is in trouble. Diddy's answering the call. The faraway lands are being invaded by evil Kongs. Donkey Kong is going to go down there and liberate them and become king. Oh, yeah, this is what they do. They're, they are heroes by trade. And even though Donkey himself is laid back and lazy, he shares those attributes with Banjo. I think Banjo, he's even more so than Donkey. He just wants to to have a nice, quiet life. And yeah, he's also a really good guy. And so when, when, he, when there is, like... Um, trouble afoot he'll 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 get out of bed sure and and, you know what we're gonna get into beat by beat like all of his different adventures but you know we we have seen him only once do something i think completely altruistically without any personal stake whereas like oh a family member or my home is in danger um and that was diddy kong racing where he just answered diddy's plea for help to, to, to drive yeah. off Whizpig. So he, he will do it, but you have to ask him. I, I don't think he's going to, like, set out on his own. And, and it's like, oh, 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 Ghastly King has invaded the faraway lands? Eh, so I'll leave that to someone who cares. So yeah, Don- or, 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 I'm sure Donkey yeah. Kong's got it. Judge Duty's on so today. They don't I, need me. I, I don't know why I've, I've pegged Banjo as a Judge Judy fan. Anyway, so... <laughs> that, I don't know. <laughs> I've I've caught myself watching Judge Judy just for the heck of it. Have you? It, it could happen to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I used to make when I was like in the seventh grade. That was like a thing. Like after dinner, me and my parents and just would just sit there and watch Judge Judy and then maybe a Seinfeld rerun from twenty years ago. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was our usual weeknight. So I could see Banjo watching Judge Judy. <laughs> yeah, play playing syndicated TV, playing his little Game Boy in the chair, making a stew, whatever he does. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, B- Banjo's a good guy, and I'm not like I'm not trying to sell him short. He he is a uh, he is a hero, no doubt, but he's also not somebody who takes the hero trade seriously. He's he's kind of a hero by accident by who he knows and where he yeah. chose to live i said this when i promoted yes. the episode banjo really only became important within the context of the rare archipelago based on connections by circumstance and choosing to live in spiral mountain uh where where gruntilda's lair loomed large overhead and well, did she move in before banjo or what do we know that? So we know from Gurney's Revenge that she was moving in in the late 70s 
before Gruntilda uh. took over Spiral Mountain, it was the Jinjo homeland. Uh, the the actual lair, the the mountain, uh, used to be where King Jingling uh, presided, and uh-huh. and she she drove them out, uh, replaced the Jingling head with her head up on the, up on the mountain because that's what rare villains do, right? That's what DKU rare villains do is they always take the head of somebody and replace it with their own head, and right. Also, the Church of Jiggy Wiggy used to be located in Spiral Mountain before Gruntilda also drove them out. So I don't think Banjo or Banjo's family lived there until after the Jinjos and the Church of Jiggy Wiggy were, were both pushed out into the Isle of Hags. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that too. But <laughs> Banjo, he, like, I, I, he definitely, like, moved in later i mean i i always took it and and this is a little i mean vague we we don't really know anything about the early history of banjo and tootie the the most we've had to go on is not canon it's the biography from the toy biz diddy kong racing action figure that said banjo was (laughs) adopted by the kazools which, 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 which is nothing. That's that's the that that's not a thing. There is no Kazool. Um, yeah. And and Greg Mails has even said as much. Like this was copy that Rare provided people, and they mutilated it somehow. Like it, it's like when you <laughs> translate something into a language, and then take that translation, and then translate it back, and it's just so far off from the original intent. Uh, like Greg Mail, I think Greg Mail said his original copy was something like before he found himself adopted by Kazooie in in the sense that like Kazooie sort of took over his life, not a literal Kazooie raised Banjo as a baby. Um, it, yeah. yeah, but but people <laughs> are so literal and they're so eager to take little nuggets like that and run with them and say, see, see, I know the truth. Um, that, that it's kind of like getting pee out of the swimming pool. You just can't do it. Once it's in there, you you have to kind of drain the pool entirely. So, yeah, that's a yeah. good analogy. I like that. <laughs> so it's just the stuff that as a, as a DKU historian, um, it's just something I have to contend with much like Greg Mail saying, like he, he doesn't view Banjo and Donkey Kong coexisting in the, in the same shared world. And so everybody's oh like, see, goodness. there's no DKU. And I'm like, okay, but... Uh. <laughs> it's like that whole thing when, like, I think the creator of, like, Darkwing Duck said, like, nah, DuckTales and Darkwing Duck are not in the same universe, yet Launchpad McQuack is right there in the main series with Darkwing. And it's like, you can't just say that and expect everyone to just be like, yeah... Yeah, okay, I, 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 I'm on board with that. No, you can't, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, let's just address this right now. This is kind of more of an out-of-universe thing, but I do, I do want to say my piece about this. So, yeah, there is this kind <laughs> of new breed of contrarian Banjo-Kazooie absolutist fan who, who kind of wants Banjo-Kazooie as his own thing. It's like, oh, no, there's no Donkey Kong connections. Diddy Kong Racing was just a guest appearance. Like like um, Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing with Banjo Kazooie, uh, I, I don't care if it was his first appearance; it's just a guest appearance. And, and then you've got like um, them even saying like, "Oh, he doesn't exist in the same universe with Conquer either." 
like like not even with the other rare owned properties. Nope, nope, n- not not at all. And, and you know, Ugh. you like you can be a fan and you can believe, you know, you're your own fan and of whatever you want. And I I just think it's kind of ignoring the history as it happened in the late 90s where this very much was presented as a shared universe on Rare's website, mm-hmm. in promotional materials, in instruction manuals, in in-game cameos. And, yeah, things changed after 2002, obviously. And, yeah, it was never Greg Mail's intent when he was developing Dream that became Banjo-Kazooie for this to exist in the same world as Donkey Kong. But it happened organically throughout the course of development and the give and take with Diddy Kong Racing. So, you know, I'm all about creator intent. I'm all about word of God up until the point where it contradicts (laughs) blatantly with what we see in game. And, you know, I I would never want to disrespect Greg Mails or Chris Seaver. Obviously, I'm huge fans of them both. But Mm -hmm. their intentions aside, they can't get the pee out of this pool <laughs> so no, no they can't <laughs> you know i'll, I'll just it's say this so now. yeah i mean dk vine will always have a viewpoint that this is a shared universe and that banjo kazooie is a donkey kong spinoff because yeah that wasn't the intention obviously but that's how it happened and they did run with that up till having naughty a, a naughty in banjo kazooie uh, and among other things, um, but it, it's just a shame that the stop and swap thing didn't happen, and the the rumored like Donkey Kong appearing in their house and talking to them uh, that didn't happen because I think that would shut a lot of people up in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, Andre brought up the bear surname and. Banjo Bear is something that only DK Vine runs with. This is our Fanon. And this is only Fanon, though, that's born out of in-universe logic. So let me explain. Um, Okay. So surnames, the way they work in the DKU, in the Rare Archipelago, is Kong is not a family, necessarily. It is a designation for all intelligent apes and monkeys uh that is what makes a kong and then you immediately have the kong surname kong is probably derived from tong as in tiki tong as the kongs <laughs> were the tiki tac tribe of antiquity and they took the name <laughs> kong probably as a tribute to tiki tong this is all going to be explained in my history of the rare archipelago videos that i'm currently working on but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that that's where Kong probably came from as establishing Donkey Kong Country Returns. Uh, and, and this is backed yes. up with the appearance of antagonist Kongs who have no relation <laughs> to any of the Kongs, like Mankey Kong, or even uh, Dread Kong, Sumo Kong, Karate Kong, and, and you know, in, in Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. So Kong is just, if you're an intelligent ape, monkey, in the rare archipelago, you're a Kong, and, and you take that yeah. surname. Now, Whether you bear, like it or not, bear is the other surname that that popped up in the original Donkey Kong Country trilogy. Now, those bears, the thirteen later fourteen brothers bear, they are related. 
Um, but bear, you know, it, it is a, a proper noun, it, you know, and it was established in the DKC3 player's guide that bear is their surname. So brash bear, bizarre bear, etc. And so bear, bear. Ban- well, let's not get hasty. <laughs> Sorry. Bear Bear, who Chris Alcock claims is Banjo's father. Now, Chris Alcock does have a, a semblance of word of God. And, and I wouldn't want to disparage what Chris has to say about this. But Chris is also... He, Chris is one of the creators who, who still works with Rare. Um that does really celebrate the the shared universe aspect uh, of all of this. And Chris uh, likes to have some fun with us on occasion. Yes, he does. So that being said, uh, I'm I'm willing to interpret Chris's statements as soft canon, that that Bear Bear may in fact be Banjo's father. Uh, and so if Bear Bear <laughs> is Banjo's father, Bear is his surname, Andre. Uh, because I, I think Bear is also a similar surname to Kong. Uh, I'm just inferring, but uh, surnames are so seldom used in in the um, in the DKU in the rare archipelago, like like you've got Snide, and then it's just Snide the Weasel, Conquer the Squirrel, and, and yeah, that's confirmed. Yeah, so just to have like a blunt surname, uh, it doesn't really happen. There aren't family names all that much. You, there are you know always exceptions to the rule. Chris P. Bacon, for example. I don't want all you Chris P. Mm-hmm. Bacon stands calling in to the hotline and being like, how dare you forget Chris P. Bacon? But it's just something that doesn't happen. Surnames aren't really important uh, unless you're a Kong, and apparently if you're a bear. And so if Bear Bear is Banjo's father, uh, and this isn't to be confused with the bear who appears in Donkey Kong Land 3 that we amusingly call Bear Bear because the Super Mario Wiki article <laughs> Bear, because they everybody, absolutely everybody, just refuses to acknowledge Bear is Bizarre Bear, even though it's the exact same sprite. And why wouldn't it be Bizarre Bear? that's who we were talking about this whole time. But uh, So I'm not saying Bear Bear is Donkey Kong Land 3 Bear, who is Bizarre Bear, fight me. But <laughs> because also the Brothers Bear are are like grizzly bears or brown bears or something. And Banjo is a honey bear or a sun bear. And and so different you know, different kinds of bears. So Bear Bear would presumably also be a honey bear. And, but anyway, this is why his surname is Bear. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> I have several, but I won't. <laughs> I won't even bother asking. Okay. Uh, so speaking of the northern hemisphere, <laughs> there's also the open question, and this is all relevant, okay? Because we have to ask ourselves: Why would Banjo live in the shadow of Gruntilda's lair? This is this all comes back around to the, what we were discussing. Because he's lazy. Well. Oh, look, okay. Because <laughs> he's stoned. What? He's like, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> he's a doobie doobie pothead, right? He's like, whoa, look at the green clouds. 
<laughs> Dude, that rock formation looks like a witch. It's going to be great for barbecues. Just look out and say, oh, man, that's just really cool. Can you imagine if there was an actual witch living in there? Oh, bro, I think I ate my fish. <laughs> <laughs> Tasted really good, though. Uh, so anyway, the Northern Cremosphere it is a potential candidate for where Spiral Mountain is located. Hear me out, because I know so many of you will say it's located on the Isle of Hags. Also a candidate, because Banjo-Tooie really <laughs> does obscure uh, where exactly Spiral Mountain is located. They leave it up in the air, and while some people can play the game and be like, oh yeah, Spiral Mountain must be on the Isle of Hags, other people can play the game and say, no wait, they actually made a point to separate labeling Spiral Mountain from the Isle of Hags. And I guess I just went in this digger tunnel that was underneath the ocean. Um, so, and when, when you look at it from above, you can't really make out Spiral Mountain. So, anyway, my point is, I, you, you could either say because of the bear connection, it might take place on the Northern Cremosphere, which, yeah, gets a little bit dodgier after 2002 because it's not something that Rare would ever be able to acknowledge even if they wanted to. Uh, or you could say it takes place on the Isle Hags, or you could say it takes place on a third unidentified landmass, and, and maybe Spiral Mountain is just its own thing. Wh which, you know, I'm open to whatever. I am nostalgic, and I kind of prefer Spiral Mountain not being on the Isle of Hags, because I think that raises questions upon questions. It's like, one, why would Banjo choose to live on this island full of witches? Two, why would he choose to live on this island full of witches and choose to live ten feet from where the main witch lives. Like, you could live anywhere on the Isle of Hags, <laughs> and you choose to live there. So, I, I think you have to ask the question, like, may, maybe Spiral Mountain takes place where DK Vine used to argue it did, right next to Razor Ridge. Both are very canyonous, mountainous areas, and it you know, there, there is room uh, just to the right of the Northern Cremosphere map where Spiral Mountain could be plopped right in but you know, <laughs> I, I i i can't say that i have no authority to say that i am just opening up the brain the 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 brain blockages malik i'm just letting people speculate wildly about and leave whatever they want swanky box had a good video about this check out swanky box's video on banjo kazooie existing in the northern hemisphere because that's really what reignited my passion for it and to really just stand loud and proud and say you know what that's what i want to believe too because I, I i have been hiding that away for so long malik but but now that swanky box is is, is espousing it i feel like i can too well, that's nice. I'm glad. <laughs> so, yeah, th there is the, the question, why does Banjo choose to live right there? Uh, which after, you know, the year 2000, it's not really a problem. What You know, once... Because <laughs> she got blown up. <laughs> well, I mean, they rebuilt the house after that blew up. But, and, but then, you know, Gruntilda just became a decapitated head back uh, yeah. at Cauldron Keep. Her sisters were dead. Klunga was reformed. So the only people left in Grunty's lair were probably Brentilda and Cheeto. 
uh, some cauldrons. Until they got arrested by the rubbish video game police, though. Well, okay, but Bumper was arrested, too, and he's out. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Something tells me that Bruntilda's probably still... You know, incarcerated. I I like to think that Brentilda is still just crashing at at her sister's mountainous lair, and she's just living there. Now. Like she's 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 <laughs> just like living rent free, uh, which is mm-hmm. the dream. But <laughs> so after two thousand, it it became a perfectly fine place to live, except for that time in two thousand eight when Brentilda came, you know, made her way back to Spiral Mountain, and then instigated the events of Nuts and Bolts. Uh, but yeah. but why would you choose to live there beforehand? Well, that we don't know, and I I don't know like if if Banjo had like a, a meager stipend to build a house, and he was like, "This is a nice spot." Yeah, that that mountain looks like a witch. I'm not too worried about it. Like, or if the house was passed down to him from his, you know, the family, because yeah. There's also the uh, the open question: Does Tootie live with Banjo and ultimately Kazooie? And the, the first game never really gets into it. It seems like Tootie is running to Banjo's house because she she's going to meet up with him, and maybe she's coming from their parents' house somewhere else in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> but I can see why it would be inferred that Tootie would live there. The only thing is there's no bed for Tootie. There's no space for her inside that house. And there's also a picture yeah. of her in there. And it's just weird to me that Banjo would have a picture of her sis- his sister there if she was, like, always two feet from his face. So I don't think Tootie <laughs> lives with Banjo and I, I think that Banjo, this was his bachelor pad before Kazooie became his roommate. So, you know, why did he choose to live there? Well, Gruntilda was probably something of a legend by that point. She probably didn't come out of her lair all that much. There weren't many witch sightings above Spiral Mountain for many years. Once she was settled in that lair, I don't think... She had much of a reason to come out, so... Yeah, not until Tootie came around was she really wanting to bother anybody about anything. Yeah, Dinkpot really screwed it up for her, really. Yeah. It's it's like K. Rule's original sin was stealing the banana horde. Had he not done that, he wouldn't have lost his island, his empire. Uh, He would have avoided so much had he just not stolen the banana horde. And same with Gruntilda. Mm -hmm. Gruntilda could have just lived out her days... As the witch in her lair, had she not been goaded by Dingpot to uh, go kidnap Tootie, it was the road to ruin right there. And mm-hmm. don't listen to your uh, cauldron full of vomit, people. Just don't your, your do it. Kitchen appliances. Yeah, don't. Is your microwave talking? <laughs> when to they you? start talking, t- <laughs> you might be stoned, but yeah, still don't listen to it. Yeah, him. yeah. So yeah. If, if if your microwave is telling you that Banjo said, uh, bring your handgun to the Xbox landing... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> step away. Don't listen. Yeah, step away. <laughs> Get, go outside. Uh, and then there's the question, though. Uh, wh- wh- why Banjo settled here is open, but when did Kazooie move in with him? So... 
I think this can be explained and answered with Diddy Kong Racing's instruction manual. Because in the biography for Banjo in the Diddy Kong Racing instruction manual, and I quote, Even before the start of his future partnership with Kazooie, Banjo isn't one to turn down the chance of an adventure. So when Squawks brings the message from his pal Diddy Kong, the honey bear stuffs a few things into his trusty backpack, marijuana, and takes (laughs) to his heels. So... Before the start of his future partnership with Kazooie, could be inferred that, you know, they haven't started their platforming adventures yet, but maybe they still know each other, but they're pretty inseparable from Banjo-Kazooie on, and I would think, you know, based on their experiences in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing with Banjo-Kazooie, Kazooie would have just come with Banjo to Timber's Island to help liberate it from Whizpig. And she didn't. She wasn't there. So I think 1997, Banjo and Kazooie didn't even know each other. I think they met after the events of Diddy Kong Racing. But before that, Diddy Kong. The other thing that we know Mm -hmm. from the Diddy Kong Racing instruction manual is Banjo already knew Diddy. Because in the instruction manual, in the story, it says, Finally, he, he being Diddy... He decided that his friends Banjo and Conker would still enjoy an adventure, even if it turned out their services weren't needed. Uh, so the young ape, he's a monkey, dug out a pencil stub from the mess of his <laughs> bedroom and hopped back into his seat. Whistling for Squawks, his own makeshift carrier pigeon, he began to scribble out a couple of messages of his own. So when did Diddy meet Banjo? In in Conker's biography, it says that he met Diddy on one of Diddy's endless adventures with Donkey Kong. And yes. so so we, we have some sort of confirmation that Conker knew Donkey Kong, but we have no such confirmation that Banjo met Donkey Kong. But I think we can safely assume that it was probably on another one of these endless adventures with Donkey Kong that Banjo met Diddy. And here is where the Northern Hemisphere thing would provide a handy workaround because Donkey and Diddy were in the Northern Hemisphere in late 96, before the events of Donkey Kong Country 3 and before they were stuffed into the robotic cybernetic shell (laughs) of chaos and became the primate batteries of the falsified Kremlin ruler Donkey Kong Country 3 had a weird story if you you know you, you think about it I like it <laughs> K roll seals the bananas 2 years later Donkey and Diddy are batteries inside the new Kremlin ruler Chaos who's actually just a front so K roll can cling to power after the Kremlin's apparently voted him out I I don't know how you do that with a king but something happened after Donkey Kong Country 2 and anyway I guess when you commit genocide on the island, and I'm sure the survivors were like, okay, you're out. Yeah. No, we, we can't deal with yeah, you Yeah, there, there was definitely an uprising, for sure. <laughs> and so K. Rule was like, oh, a shit, coup. they're going to oust me as king. I better come up with a, 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 like a, a puppet ruler. Uh, all right, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to call him Chaos because I'm watching Get Smart reruns on Nick at Night. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, 
Yeah, uh, I, I like to think that Banjo met Diddy in 96 before everything went to hell. On one of Donkey and Diddy's <laughs> motorboating adventures through the Northern Hemisphere, Ban- Banjo met him and he was like, Oh, I heard about you. You blew up Crocodile Owl. I could see the fireworks. <laughs> you committed genocide. I could see the fireworks from my house. It was like the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's my that's my standard about how they met uh <laughs> so you're the kong that everyone says to steer clear of <laughs> better not blow up my house <laughs> <laughs> little did he know right <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, they hit it off well enough that when Diddy was trying to recruit non-Kongs to help him, he was like, well, there was that hillbilly I met last year. <laughs> and then there was that... He seems like a reasonable yeah, fellow. Um, I also like how uh, when, when you read Conker's biography, it says that Banjo joined up with Conker en route to Timbers Island. So, like... Either Diddy, like, coordinated that meeting, or somehow they already knew each other. But, um, yeah, I, I like to think that, yeah, Banjo and Conker are just, like, oh, he's a friend of a friend, and they don't really get along all that much. They're they're just, <laughs> like, it's, like, awkward, like, when two sets of friend groups collide, and you're like, oh, God, like, this is mortifying for me. <laughs> Like that—that that happened at my wedding, and it, it was just like, oh no! Like family and different groups of friends are all coming together. I'm gonna have to be really drunk for this. <laughs> it's like putting two hamsters in the same cage, almost. Yeah, I've done that. It's not pretty. <laughs> You've done that <laughs> without prior knowledge. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're just experimenting. You've got you've got hamsters. Oh, hi. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Tube City. <laughs> oh no. But Banjo Banjo jailed well. Like he answered the call and I guess, you know, if he was living by himself, he was like, Well, I got nothing else going on today. I might as well go check out this Timbers Island and see about this extraterrestrial genie pig. Um, this is a Judge Judy rerun anyway at 1 p.m. Why not? Yeah, and, and this is Banjo, like, at his youngest, at, at his most, like, undefined in-universe. But he gelled well with everyone, to the point where he was in the conga line at the the end of the game, celebrating the mm-hmm. Alcine O'Wiz pig. And, you know, for your first adventure, for for your very first dalliance with uh the, the broader world outside of spiral mountain wherever that's located um i mean banjo saw a lot he saw uh, a chicken turned into a frog he he went into outer space you know i, I talk about all these billionaires trying to go into outer space banjo did it and he's, he lives in a humble cottage in spiral mountain he went into space yeah. he went to an alien planet he was in an alien city What's and a spaceport. Yeah. And he did it to help people. Banjo. <laughs> Banjo is better than you, Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Jeff yeah. Bezos. I mean, there's no contest. Yeah. That's what I, I always say. I always say, you know who's better than Jeff Bezos? Banjo Bear. <laughs> Banjo Son of Bear Bear. Bear. I always say that. 
Not to be confused with. And then it just goes on from there. And, you know, I, I thinking about it, you know, Tootie wanted to go on an adventure with Banjo. I wonder if that is in reference to Diddy Kong Racing, that Banjo came back to Spiral Mountain and told Tootie all about it. I was on this adventure. I went into outer space. I fought a giant pig and there was a dinosaur who was brainwashed. And and Tootie was like, oh, oh, wow. I, I want to go on an adventure with you, big brother. Like, this sounds amazing. And Banjo was like, oh, sure, we'll go on an adventure. And you know, humoring her. When pigs fly. Right. <laughs> and not on rockets, mind you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like that kind of syncs up right there. Like, Banjo isn't some great adventurer. He just... He, he like he, he didn't turn down this adventure and now Tootie thinks of him in the same terms that like Diddy would think of Donkey Kong as his grand video game hero. But you know, Banjo he just wants to sleep in. It's it's summer. Like he he doesn't seem to have a job even, so like what you know, yeah, sure, I'll 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 go on an adventure with you. But then, of course, tragedy strikes. But Kazooie. <laughs> Uh, where did Kazooie come from in all of this? And and this is obviously left completely obscure. Uh, the, like we we have no real origin point for Kazooie. It is like implied when Grunny's Revenge that the Briegels exist in Briegel Beach, which is at, used to be accessible via Spiral Mountain uh, before. The, the land was terraformed by Gruntilda. It was, it was like landscaped out. The portal was blocked off from that point. So, you know, maybe Kazooie has some sort of connection there. Um, I, I always took Kazooie to be relatively young in the events of the first Banjo-Kazooie game, though, because she's never flown before. And, and she, she makes reference to the, like, she wants to learn how to fly from bottles. And, and so... For me, like, that might mean that she's never done it before. That means she was taken in by Banjo. Like, maybe she fell out of the nest and maybe her egg was discovered by Banjo and Banjo took her home and and basically hatched her. The only problem I have with that is that implies a parental connection between Banjo-Kazooie that simply isn't there in the the text. It's Banjo and Kazooie are friends. And and there's there's more of a brother sister vibe to them than there is anything uh, father daughter. So that would be my only yeah. issue with that. But I still think Kazooie is is young enough that she doesn't have parents she knows, and that she moved in with Banjo at a young age, sometime in early '98 at least. So. I, I, Banjo would be the type who would see an egg and he would be like, oh, this poor bird, I better... Well, he's Bill Clinton now, I apologize. Let me just stop trying to do the Banjo. <laughs> hey, Inevitably, all my impressions converge into the <laughs> Bill Clinton, Matthew McConaughey Venn diagram, and then I just know it's it's time to end it. Oh, this egg looks real tasty, but I already had breakfast earlier, so you know what? I, I, I think I'll let this one live. You know, but a, a bored man of the mountains who, who who stays at home, stays in his valley all day. You know, he he would see a bird egg, and he would be like, "I'm I'm going to try to hatch this." 
and and give this bird a good life. I can see it, though. I mean, <laughs> that's what mountain men do. Okay, just here's see it, say, hmm. <laughs> here is why I like banjo banjo's character, Malik, and why I think he's interesting and he's so interesting is that he is one of the few positive portrayals of a hillbilly in popular culture. Hillbillies are, like, aside from, like, the Beverly Hillbillies, where they were the protagonists, hillbillies are usually portrayed as as rubes, ignorant, something to be avoided. Banjo, he is a hillbilly, but he's also chill he he's open-minded he's got a big heart he's going to do the right thing eventually uh but he he's friends with uh a gay frog uh he's no judgments from banjo <laughs> uh, he, he's very much uh a positive role model and so yeah like this mountain man would take an egg he would hatch an egg um <laughs> <laughs> also, he wears tight European shorts. Uh, you know, B- Banjo contains multitudes, and that like he he's not just a stereotype like Redneck Kong would have been. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I more we don't know that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, don't judge a book by its name. In that alternate timeline, had the TVA not pruned it, where we'd be talking about Diddy Kong pilot. Uh, 20 years after it came out, we'd be like, you know, Redneck Kong, he really surprised me as a k- character. That time where he, <laughs> time where he, he, he strapped, uh, eight baby bottles to his chest and nursed, nursed that whole, uh, pasture full of cows. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who knew Redneck Kong? A burning building. Who knew Redneck Kong was so matronly? Oh, Redneck Kong. Uh, okay, but Banjo, Banjo, he's not just defined by being Southern, right? Like, Banjo, yeah. he he's multifaceted, and that's what I find interesting about him. He's, you know, and he's also straight-laced, but he also has an edge when he's very tired. When, when he's been pushed too far and he just needs to get the job done, he might uh, indulge in the occasional manslaughter to get a jiggy. I mean, <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. You know, and he, he'll feel bad about it. He might not have even meant to do it, really. But, you know, Banjo does get a little bit testy uh, especially, I'm thinking of like a couple times in Banjo Tooie. Um, he, he's not out and out like mean and spiteful like Kazooie gets, but Banjo does uh, on occasion, you know, fray at the edges. Mm hmm. So, K- Kazooie, though, I think helps provide that contrast. Like the, the partnership with Kazooie, however it began. He definitely is sort of like the devil on his shoulder, right? Like, um, ba- Banjo... She's even red. Yeah. Ban- I mean, I guess the devil on his shoulder would be devil bottles, had that come to pass. But uh, <laughs> Banjo is sort of the better-natured of the two and always striving to do the right thing. And Kazooie's like, just let him die. Uh, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Kill him! <laughs> <laughs> I and, and you know they they help balance each other out. Like any good 
creative duo over the years. Uh, Banjo's nice and Kazooie's the spice. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's basically why they're such, I think, a compelling partnership is, you know, they... You see this with Yuka and Lele too, but I think they, they helped uh, evolve those characters beyond being mere Banjo-Kazooie XPs, especially in Impossible Lair, where, like... Lele mm-hmm. in particular is is no longer just Kazooie, but a bat. She's now, I think, portrayed more childlike, more rambunctious, and and hyper, more wide eyed and y- silly. Yeah, and, and less of just um, a raging cynic and uh, an insult comic. Um, she still has parts of that in her personality, but that's more Kazooie's domain now. Yeah, but Ban- Banjo's like. The the adventures that would define him from this point on began with Banjo Kazooie and the aforementioned Dingpot blunder, where where Dingpot pointed out, <laughs> well, technically this bear is cuter than you. Which I mean, a bear is cuter than anybody. A, a little child bear would be cuter than most things. Dingpot, like I feel like Gruntilda took yeah. this the completely wrong way. Like, is this child hotter than me? No, like. Dingpot is just saying she's cuter. She's cuter than you. She's more beautiful than you because isn't a child bear just the most beautiful thing in the world? I would say mm-hmm. quite possibly. Uh, as, as It's like the purest thing. As someone who has been between a mother bear and its cubs, uh, I, I would say... <laughs> and lived to tell the yeah, tale. Yeah, I mean, I, I've mentioned before how a mother bear once chased me because I was hiking in the mountains and I, I saw the cubs first and... And I was like, those look younger than a yearling. Are they, is, is there a mother bear nearby? And then I turned I I, I turned around and I just see this bear charging at me. She was still pretty far away <laughs> where, you know, it wasn't like a revenant situation where, you know, I'm Leo DiCaprio and this barrel's snarling in my face. Never got to that point. <laughs> but I, I had to make a beeline and I had to roll down a, a thorny hill and scrape myself up to get away from it. But I was thinking as I was rolling, you know, if this is the last thing I ever do, I'm glad I saw those beautiful pair cups. <laughs> nice image. To- <laughs> when did this happen? Oh, I mean, not over a decade ago at this point. Wow. Yeah. It, you know, I, I go every E3 into the woods to see a bear uh, even after this experience, because that is how dedicated I am to the DKU Malik. <laughs> you will put yourself on the line. So, B- Banjo's shining moment of her- heroism here uh, is is solely because his sister was abducted by Gruntilda. And it was really Kazooie who was, like, pushing him. He's like, Banjo, wake up! <laughs> Banjo, like, wake up! hear that noise?! It's like what? What? It's like what? What's going on? Your sister is literally getting abducted. Okay, fine. You know, <laughs> for for as much as we we or I write off Kazooie as being cynical and not caring, I think in that moment push came to shove. It showed her no, no Kazooie. Kazooie was like, we have to rescue Tootie. Like when the, a situation is calmer and and the danger has passed. She might put up that wall, that that cynical uh, shine, that veneer where she's like, yeah, I don't care about nobody and nothing. But I think that... Like when your friend gets killed two years later. <laughs> yeah, that was just the way she <laughs> coped with the pain of her po- poker buddy getting blowed up in front of them. 
Um, <laughs> That's how I would. I mean, I, I'm very much the kind of person who cracks jokes at funerals. Uh, around people I know who would be receptive towards it because that's how I deal with grief. That's how I process because I can't just mourn like tears. I have to find that silver lining and kind of do the, the gallows humor route because, you know, that, that that's just the way I'm wired. And I think Kazooie is wired in a very similar fashion. She's not callous for uh, for making jokes about Bottle's death. She, she's mourning in her own way. But this isn't Kazooie's episode. Why are we talking about Kazooie so much? Nope. It's hard. I knew this was going to be hard to talk about Banjo and just Banjo because at this point in the story, they're inseparable aside from the split-up pads. Uh, and and it, it's kind of hard to talk about Banjo without talking about his counterpart. But Banjo is... You know, the the character that was spun off from Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, and B- Banjo is the character we were introduced to by his lonesome initially. So, you know, I, I, I do think of them as unique characters. I do think of them as separate entities uh, to this day, even, you know, in light of, like, Smash presenting them as Banjo and Kazooie. But... It's gonna be it's gonna be hard just talking about banjo for the rest of this episode and not bring up Kazooie. So Banjo then went on this adventure, and this is where, confusingly, he first met Bottles. <laughs> so Yes. <laughs> the other big question about Banjo's home is if Banjo is just meeting Bottles for the first time. We brought this up on the character witness for Bottles way back, too. Uh, if Banjo is just now meeting Bottles, why does he have a portrait of Bottles in his house? That is that is a good question. And this, this is my explanation, still, is that Bottles doesn't know Banjo. Well, he knows him by reputation, I guess, but he, do, he doesn't personally know him. Banjo doesn't know Bottles, but when his sister comes to him and says, hey, here's a portrait of my friend, this mole who, who shows up in these molehills. Do you, you want to hang it in your house? Uh, Mom and dad won't let me have it because they think it's weird that I'm friends <laughs> with this traveling mole. Uh, They're prejudiced from, against From Jinjo moles. Village. Who, who, like, she, they think it's a creepy relationship and they won't let me have this self-portrait of my mole friend. Can, can I store it at your house? And And... Banjo, he might be raising his eyebrow a little bit at this situation, but he's such a good guy that he's like, yeah, sure, Tootie, I'd be glad to hang your mole friend up in my home. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't even know what I'm doing. But, I mean, that's just how laid back Banjo is, is that he's willing to put this piece of decor in his own home for no reason other than his sister asked him to. <laughs> he doesn't know bottles. But I, I do think it's weird that when they're first introducing themselves, Banjo's not like, oh yeah, I've got your portrait above my fireplace. Like, it never comes it's up. It's like when, I guess it, I would, uh, I would uh, compare it to like, <sighs> You might have like a stock photo somewhere in your house, you know. It's like this isn't anybody I know, but it's just it's just here for filler. So yeah, it, it, do you ever have one of those? Yeah, but I never meet the people from the stock photos. It's not like I'm out. But imagine if you did. <laughs> okay, well, I always throw away the stock photos, so I I never remember what they look like. Uh, and I'm looking around at my office right now, <laughs> and you know, like, I, I I don't have anybody in stock photos, but I have a framed 
portrait of Captain Bones from off of Sea of Thieves. I have, uh, like, I, I have a framed doodle of Mr. Pants uh, above me, but no stock <laughs> photos. So I guess, yeah, if I if I ever met Mr. Pants or Captain Bones, I would be like, oh, hey, I have a, I have a picture of you. That's true. Yeah. 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 I guess it's like that. <laughs> anyway, uh <laughs> Yeah, bottle this is this is where Bottles and Banjo meet, and it's over the course of this adventure that Banjo also meets uh many other acquaintances, uh, but including Mumbo Jumbo. And I think Mumbo and Bottles are like aside from Kazooie, they become Banjo's like core group, his 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 friends group. Because by the events of Banjo Tooie, they're all getting together for what seems to be a very regular like poker night or or games night. Uh, we Cameron and I talked about this at the end of uh, last year with our Banjo Tooie spotlight episodes. Um, just like them getting together like this. And I, I, th- this is also why Banjo is intriguing to me because Donkey Kong's friends are, are people who hero worship him and his own family. Very narcissistic little bubble for Donkey Kong. Banjo's friends, this bird he might have hatched, this, this mole who was friends with his sister, uh, and a skull-clad shaman who practices forms of magic. And this is a very eclectic group of people coming together mm-hmm. for this this ostensibly hillbilly man from the mountains. Uh, which I like. Like, B- B- Banjo, he's, he's, he's not afraid of people who are different than him. That's what I think we need to aspire to. Banjo bucks all the stereotypes. And, and that's why he is one of the more fascinating characters in the DKU. Conker, Conker is miserable. Uh, and I hate him in so many ways. <laughs> and I find him interesting on an intellectual level. But Conker is not somebody I would ever want to hang out with. Conker is not somebody no. I would want to have a beer with. Uh, you know, the, the the great, like, question that the watered-down U.S. media ask any presidential election, well, which candidate would pe- voters most like to have a beer with? Uh, as if that really matters when choosing a president. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I often ask that same question myself towards video game characters. Would I like to have a beer with that video game character? Because that's an inconsequential uh, mental exercise to participate in mm-hmm. conquer absolutely not get the hell away from me <laughs> Con- i mean <laughs> conquer sucks conquer just flat out sucks uh banjo yeah. banjo though i would hang out with banjo i would i would go to dr danks with banjo and partake in a little bit <laughs> of medicinal uh kickback time with banjo banjo is uh banjo is a good guy he's an interesting guy and you could go so many ways with Banjo. You you could have him be so straight-laced he's boring. You could have him be so <laughs> over-the-top, um, watered-down corporate like Mario is. Like, oh, oh I am just a big IP. Whee! Oh, I- 
<laughs> I'm so iconic. Uh, you could, you could <laughs> buy my sweatshirt. Buy my, <laughs> buy my new watch. Uh, yeah, you, you could, you yeah. could do all that with Ban. But no, Banjo, he feels like a real guy, and and part of the reason is all the contradictions in his character, all all of the tropes that are shoved into his character that you wouldn't think would work with him, but do work. And, and that's why I, I like Banjo. Anyway, um, what, what also intrigues me about this first adventure that Banjo goes on is how close to home it is. He's just going up into the mountain. Uh, he, he's just going up into the cliffs uh, that are that's overlooking his home. You know, he's, he's not really going out into the wider world. Um, he's not even like doing the, the thing in Donkey Kong Country where you're going around your island but it's you're still making a lot of like legwork you know you're you're doing a, a full loop yeah uh banjo goes into grunty's lair and that's it now yeah it, it's a bit more than that because grunty's lair contains the these portals to uh these separate realms or the singular realm which might be the same realm as the sea of thieves uh if treasure trove code mm-hmm. is any indication but um, so, so you've got some, I guess, cross-dimensional hopping going on here, but it's still, you know, it, it's still in his backyard or, or front yard. Um, so he, he doesn't really like go that far. He is the ultimate homebody hero. This banjo is, um, and you know, he learning the moves he does from bottles, he becomes a more experienced fighter and he gains the confidence uh, and the, and the abilities and skills to be an adventurer, just like Tootie thinks of him as based on this experience with Whizpig. And, um, and part of this of course is Kazooie herself too. Uh, and the, and the give and take with Kazooie, um, they, they complement each other and they, uh, they're able to successfully do what the Jinjos could not do what Master Jiggy Wiggy could not. They overthrow Gruntilda the Witch. And they, um, well, I guess the Jinjinator helps, so the Jinjos do play a part in it. But they help the Jinjos. They they mm-hmm. rescue the Jinjos throughout the adventure. So, um, anyway, uh, you know, Gruntilda gets trapped, boop, under the boulder in Spiral Mountain. And, and Banjo and Kazooie and their new friends, Bottles and Mumbo, celebrate at the beach. And um, all is well for a bit. But, <laughs> you know, th- this is where a lot of people would then jump ahead two years later to Banjo-Tooie. But no, just later that summer, we know Grunty's revenge happened. And, and this is where Mamie leaving an evil witch in the soil in your front yard it's not the best course of action. Like, maybe you should call some authorities. Yeah. Maybe you should... I mean, even if, if Spiral Mountain has no, like, uh, law enforcement or, or, or some sort of, like, military oversight, you, you call your friends the Kongs and you're, be, you're like, hey, have, we've got this witch. I, what what voice was that? Uh, let me let me try to get back into my banjo. Yeah, we got this witch. Hey, Diddy. <laughs> oh, that's that's no good. We're we're gonna end that. Hey, Diddy, we have this witch uh, that's that's buried underneath a boulder 
uh, just in front of my house. I'm afraid this is a ticking time bomb waiting to blow up in my face. Is there anything you can help me with? Is there any way, like, you can come take her away and put her in a magic-proof Donkey Kong Island prison? I don't know. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. like... <laughs> Someone should make, like, a magic-proof prison, like Mumbo or something. Like the Queen Banana Bird. Like, like maybe call in some favors. Yeah. Diddy could ask Dixie to, to summon the Queen Banana Bird. And maybe the Queen Banana Bird can throw up some magical barrier for Gruntilda. Uh, so she, she can't escape. Uh, because, you know, a boulder, it, now granted, it did its job pretty magnificently in that Klungo couldn't get the boulder off for two years and Gruntilda decomposed nope. under there, only clinging to life through her black magic. But she still got out. She got out twice. Maybe even more than that if you factor mm-hmm. in the mobile games, which I like to do. So <laughs> Granny's Revenge, though, uh, takes place pretty early on. Later in the summer in, in 1998. And Klungo is she's like, I can't get this boulder off Gruntilda. Well, I guess I need to build... Here we go again with a robot body. I guess I need to build a robot body uh, and have her transport her soul her spirit into the robot body and abandon her flesh and blood uh in the (laughs) ground that will just be her grave from now on and gruntilda can exist as a ghost and a robot this is my plan i am klungo uh (laughs) gruntilda's resident scientist And, and so this happens and then gruntilda her plan naturally is well. That was a that was quite the humiliating defeat earlier this summer. I guess the only course of action is to travel in time and erase it from ever happening by preventing Banjo and Kazooie from meeting. The mechanics behind this plot, what Gruntilda was actually trying to do, are a bit muddled because she wants to go back in time and keep Banjo and Kazooie from ever meeting. And to do that, she kidnaps Kazooie and takes her back in time to 1978. Back when Gruntilda in 1978 was just getting established in Spiral Mountain. And and so so Banjo is left alone in 1998. Mumbo witnessed the whole thing. and, And Mumbo's like, well, don't you worry. Because I have this very rudimentary time travel spell that can send you back after Gruntilda. Um... But, you know, there, there might be some side effects in that you will forget a lot of your memory up to and including the moves that Bottles taught you in the last game. <laughs> which is a clever workaround, sure. But I, I have to wonder, how much did Banjo actually forget from his time travel jaunts? Uh, because, yeah, he, he relearned some of... He relearned his moves throughout the course of the adventure. Uh, and he came back and he still knew them in Banjo-Tooie. But... How do we know really that Banjo didn't forget the fact that maybe he has a sister who who would go missing? <laughs> uh, or, you know, in Nuts and Bolts, he's reflecting back on the events of Diddy Kong Racing. And he remembers a genie and a giant pig, but he can't remember their names. Or he, do- he doesn't, like, immediately recall their names. So maybe Banjo, because of this is afflicted with some sort of long-term memory loss, like 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 early-onset mm. dementia that he struggles with from this point on. 
interesting. I'm not saying I, I subscribe to that. I'm not even saying that's my preferred fanon. But I have to posit this because, well, I mean, it, it's possible if he forgot one thing, how do we know he didn't forget a bunch of other little details along the way? He, he might not even remember what channel Judge Judy is on. <laughs> but it's on like it's on like three different channels depending on where you might live. Oh, okay, J- be on your CBS or your CW or Kate whatever. John, what were you gonna say? John Tessier is in the live stream screaming that Bancho forgot because he's stoned. And, and, and well, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how it's ma- too easy. So this is this is what's amazing to me right now. We're all basically saying <laughs> different things. We're saying we believe different things about Banjo, but because Banjo himself contains multitudes, because he himself is so malleable. All of our preferred fanons still fit and work, and we're all finding evidence to support what we believe. Because Banjo is everything we want him to be, anything we want him to be, Banjo's that. (laughs) If you want him to be a stoner, sure, here's all the proof that he's a stoner. If you want to say he forgot things because of his constant use of unprotected time travel, sure, here you go. Banjo's great. <laughs> you want to say he's a sociopath? Well, Rare's got you covered. I mean, less so than Conquer, at least. Banjo's never murdered a baby dinosaur who just wanted his love. He did murder a husband and wife, but again, that 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 wasn't his intention. Wasn't his intent. He was just trying to help out George. He's like, oh, uh-huh. I'll give you a little push. I'll give you a little push. What? I'll give you a little push, George. <laughs> I'll give you a little push. My banjo, up, my, my banjo accident, every time I try to go back to it, it's different every time. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> it can be whatever you want it to be. Like you just said, if you want it to sound like Bill Clinton, banjo can sound like Bill Clinton. If you want it to sound like Matthew McConaughey or whatever you did just now, then it can be that Am too. I not a good impressionist because of unprotected time travel? Let's go with that. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, he time travels back to 1978, back into this very um, important era for, for Spiral Mountain, where all these changes are afoot. A- and um, he goes through the like these other portals that are no longer accessible in 98 throughout Spiral Mountain that, that are still, I think, part of the greater Spiral Mountain Grunny's Lair portal network to to this realm um and this is where cliff farm and Briegel beach are and and uh, spillers harbor of course and these were all hopping happening places in 1978 but by the time of the original banjo kazooie 20 years later uh they're they're all sealed up and lost sort of to time maybe you can still access them if you excavate and find the portal but um yeah, they're kind of sealed off by that point. But um, hmm. Ban- Banjo meets Bottle's ancestor, which, you know, ancestor is always a weird term to use for somebody who's just 20 years in the past. But Bazai. Well, when you're a mole. Yeah, but I think <laughs> I think the moles and all the anthropomorphic animals in the rare archipelago seem to have a comparable lifespan to humans. Um, and I say that knowing that they will outlive us all, uh, but you know, I, I think once you 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 become anthropomorphic through whatever means, and then then you're basically gifted with 
not only human-like intelligence and speech capability, but also the lifespan. So, um... Yeah. Although I think Bazai is... No, Bazai is alive in 98 because of a screw-up that the Infusio team made with uh, Grunny's Revenge Mobile, where they had Bazai show up uh, in 98... So, I, but I, I mean, that wasn't Rare's intention. But again, word of God versus what's established in game. We have to abide by the canon, Malik, and the canon says Bazai is still alive in '98. Uh, but okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bazai, he might be Bottle's grandfather. He might be a crazy uncle. We don't really know, but. Great. Bazai helps Banjo and eventually Kazooie when Kazooie is rescued uh, in the quarries of Briegel Beach. Uh, Because, yeah, Gruntilda put the Briegels to work. um, Like uh, pickaxing the rocks that would be used towards building her lair. But it's interesting that it's mechanical Gruntilda a mecha grunny from the future who's doing this, not Gruntilda of the past. So it, it, it becomes sort of this this predestination paradox where mecha grunny goes back and it helps procure some of the raw materials used to, for the construction of past Gruntilda's lair. But I, I always think that she does this because she's looking to ins- like basically force the Briegels into this this kind of work camp and and drive them to an early grave because she's like one of these might be Kazooie's ancestor and I'm just I'm just gonna wipe out the Briegels by putting them to work for my past self and and this is how I'm gonna prevent Banjo Kazooie from ever meeting I'm going to prevent Kazooie being born at all so I think that's what her plan is it just never really spelled out in the game but and it, she she also puts pr- <laughs> present day Kazooie to work in the mines in 1978 so in the quarry. So it, it's it's a it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a whole incestuous time travel romp and scheme she's got <laughs> going on. But Banjo rescues her and they're reunited. They learn their moves. They beat Mecha Grunty. Everybody goes back into the present and um, and, and that's the end of that adventure. And and they don't talk about <laughs> Grunny's revenge in Banjo Tooie. You 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 think they would, right? Like, <laughs> of course. Maybe they forgot it. Maybe they forgot it even happened. Maybe the unprotected time travel caused them. It just the slip out of their heads. I don't like to think though, because that's that's pretty depressing to me that they would forget an entire adventure, uh, especially one as important <laughs> to me as Grunny's revenge. So <laughs> to you. <laughs> Not to them, to you. You you talk about plot creep, though, right? I, I we made light of it with Donkey Kong Country. How two years after the original Donkey Kong Country, what has has such a simple, basic plot? You have the convoluted madness of Donkey Kong Country Three, which involved uh, like <laughs> coups and, and and cyborgs and fleshy batteries and banana birds, all sorts, fleshy all batteries. sorts of weirdness and. You know, when you factor in Grunny's Revenge as the midquel between Kazooie and Tui, well, then that plot creep just smacks Banjo across the face, doesn't it? Where you, oh, his sister is abducted by a witch. 
Okay. Oh, oh, the witch time travels back to 1978 to prevent your partner and you from ever meeting, but uh, she also kidnaps your partner and takes her back to 1978 to work in the quarry that she might be using to wipe out the Briegels so your partner is never born. But then if she's never born, how is she working in the quarry? That's, that's, that's Grinnell's Revenge. So... It's, it's very yeah, important yeah. to you. The, the, the two years... <laughs> between Grunny's Revenge and Banjo-Tooie are pretty chill, uh, seemingly. Banjo and Kazooie are now good friends with Mumbo and Bottles, having their regular get-togethers, their poker nights. uh, There's this fear, though, clear, like, apprehension about the witch just out their window grunny is it her soul yep. her soul is returned to the body she's back underneath the boulder of course if you just jump straight ahead to Tui, you would never know that she her soul ever left her body but whatever oh uh, <laughs> yeah she's out there and she's even used as kind of like this this fear bait during the poker game like oh watch out gruntilda yeah. the witch is attacking ah gotcha and and so yeah it's like yeah we we resolve this twice over or four times over when you factor in Banjo-Kazooie Granny's Revenge Mobile and Banjo-Kazooie Granny's <laughs> Revenge Missions. Two separate canonical adventures <laughs> in the established lore that is Banjo's life. But um, they never really resolved it because you can't really resolve it if this witch is just being kept prisoner by a boulder and she's still in your front yard. Yeah, it's it's, it's like... Mm-hmm. Tootie is complaining that they're celebrating too early in Banjo-Kazooie because, yeah, they rescued Tootie, but you didn't take care of Grunty. And I always wondered if that meant, hey, Banjo, you haven't murdered this witch yet. You haven't yeah, solved like the problem. Yeah, it's like this person who kidnapped me. Kill well, them. Finish the job. Like she says, kill yeah, how, how do you finish the job in this corner of the, the world that doesn't seem to have much in a way of legal consequences? Um, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's what Tootie was kind of inferring there. Like, hey, Banjo. Hey, Banjo. Slit her throat. <laughs> self-defense right like nobody will ever know just 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 no. just kill her we're closed we'll up. bury her we'll wash our hands just be on with our lives put a, we'll put a nice little like uh, a patio uh, uh, like above her like nobody will ever know yeah just put some concrete under that rock why didn't they fill the yeah why didn't they Make fill it nice- with concrete or something hey. <laughs> yeah that's how you stop zombies from coming back. Yeah, and at this point, Gruntilda was basically a zombie. I mean, she was she was more of a skelly to use the shared rare universe yeah. uh, terminology. She she was uh, an animated skeleton just clinging <laughs> clinging to life. She had some cartilage left though. She still had a, like kind of a nose, but uh, she was clinging to yeah. life um, through her own dark magic. She was like Palpatine in that star wars movie that everyone hates um but <laughs> but i mean you you hate it but you could have been sitting there in a theater being like this is a lot like gruntilda and banjo too and then you would have loved it i i i can't i i'm sorry i i can't add to this all i know is that i know a guy who doesn't like a new hope <laughs> that that's it because he doesn't like yoda <laughs> wait yoda's not in a new hope <laughs> or what the first one what's the first a one? new hope but i mean unless you're talking about of the phantom menace 
No, he 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 talked about. So he hates Yoda because he sounds like Miss Piggy, and he doesn't like his Muppets in his Star Wars. Okay, but then he then A New Hope would be the only one he would love because that's like the only one without Yoda in it. Okay, so may, maybe I'm getting the title <laughs> wrong, but he hates he hates Yoda. <laughs> How do you hate Yoda? Okay, that's not that's a whole other thing. It's like hating Banjo. You can't do it. You just can't do it. It's not like Banjo is like going around like. There's a there's a witch outside my window. Kill it, we must. Go, <laughs> I'm, I'm Yoda. <laughs> I'm Banjo. Whoa. Right, this is obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> you see. <laughs> Yeah, but they they like that that like gets like what more could they have done like and and plus Klungo was was lingering out there so I'm sure they didn't want to like mess with that too much like but surely oh what's he gonna do throw glasses well Klungo's already kind of like caused problems once that whole time travel caper so it's like Klungo Klungo is trying to get Gruntilda out of this boulder so it's just like we we keep putting this off but eventually we are gonna have to deal with the Gruntilda problem all over again so it's like two years of peace but it's two years like knowing that things are gonna get bad again and it's like if there was someone dead in your front lawn, like they were buried underneath your front lawn, and it's, it's like there's always just that feeling. It's like you know, I don't feel safe. No, it's like somebody alive in your front lawn, and they want to kill you. <laughs> and they've got a friend, they've got an employee who's trying to get them out. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, there's that Klungo guy again. <laughs> also, during this time period, Tootie straight up goes missing again, and this time nobody cares. Uh, and so, like, I, my first thought would be, like, time my sister's missing. I wonder if Gruntilda got her again. Let's go check the boulder. Um, so, so the, like, the, the whole thing with Tootie, obviously, they're like, she has no place in the story of Banjo-Tooie. Let's just be cheeky about it and put her on a milk carton in Cloud Cuckoo Land. But as fans <laughs> of this property, as lore historians of the shared universe, it does like raise questions like we spent all that time in Banjo Kazooie trying to rescue her. Now two years later, she's gone missing again. We have no explanation for what happened to her. And you don't care, Banjo. You just don't seem to care. <laughs> I'm sure where, whenever she went missing, maybe it was in 99, like around the events of Donkey Kong 64, I'm sure there was a whole part of the story we're not seeing where Banjo searched high and wide for 2D. There, 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 there could be a whole other midquel in there uh, it, that takes place in 1999 where Banjo and Kazooie and Bottles set out looking for 2D. And, and I would love that game. Hey, you know, all these people who are like, how do, how do you make a new game in the Banjo-Kazooie franchise? How do you follow nuts and bolts and please everyone? Maybe you have it set before Tui even, and, and you, you have it be this game where they search for 2D. But my understanding of it is 2D fell into the Minecraft realm because she, of course, would yes. resurface later on 
as as a skin in Minecraft, which would be her first appearance in so many years, eventually reappearing in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So we'll, we'll get into we'll get into what actually happened to Dean how Banjo found her towards the end here, because uh, I like I think that's an important part of Banjo's story, but it's not really relevant at this time. It's just Tootie's missing. Gruntilda's still out there. And then, of course, Gruntilda comes back. Uh, her sisters free her at last. She's a skelly. She blows up Banjo and Kazooie's house, murders Bottles, and that is the events that kick off Banjo-Tooie, where the, uh, Banjo and Kazooie have to set out through the digger tunnels into the Isle of Hags, or to the greater Isle of Hags, if you want, where they, uh, they're, they're now... I mean, I don't even know what they're trying to accomplish here because Gruntilda's <laughs> back, Bottles is already dead, and and it's not like well we have to resurrect Bottles. That wasn't their primary objective here. It it was basically like we have to go after Gruntilda uh, out of revenge. Is this just there? Is this like an attempted yeah, revenge that's what, killing? That's what that's what Mumbo said. It's like Grunty wreck house and kill friend. She must pay. And I, I guess like. <laughs> They could have just left it there and be like, Gruntilda got her revenge. She's left Spiral Mountain. Let's just let just <laughs> let this lie. Let's bury bottles, say a few words, and <laughs> and start rebuilding our house. They could have done that. Uh, and obviously, obviously, like, I, I think Banjo, at the very least, probably felt like we have this moral obligation to to set out follow them because if gruntilda hurt us and our group she's going to hurt others so I, I i think that that is like probably the driving motivation here besides revenge uh, which is what M- mumbo is all about like yeah you know, like kill her slit her throat everybody you know, slit her throat well she has no throat <laughs> to slit at this point but um slit something i don't care yeah, yeah smash her bones <laughs> so <laughs> blow her and up. of course this also opens up the the larger plot of the B.O.B., Big Old Blaster, and Gruntilda literally sucking the life essence, the life force, out of like matter, uh, any matter, living, organic, even inanimate matter. She, she can suck the, uh, the molecules, the atoms right out of it. Anything that has any energy she she can she can suck it up and then her goal is to restore her body but this is also a cataclysmic doomsday scenario where not just the isla hags but anything within uh the range of the bob is in danger and so it it becomes this race against time where like okay well gruntilda has this doomsday device and and nobody else is going to do anything about it. Like Jam Jars is a drill sergeant. You know, Bottle's brother is a drill sergeant in what the mole military. W- 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 why not <laughs> call in the mole military? Like what what are what are they doing right now? Like we need the send in the cavalry. At least when K Rule was threatening to blow up Donkey Kong Island, there was an army of Kongs setting out to defeat him. I'm not really sure what you do about Gruntilda, especially because the Isle Hags, that is her jurisdiction. Her and her sisters have domain technically politically over this island. So I guess there's not much you can do uh, unless you just I don't know, you 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 set out you to defy them. 
uh, as your your yeah. tightly knit adventuring team. But yeah, Banjo, like he. This is like a darker adventure for both him and Kazooie. It starts with the murder of their friend. Uh, And, you know, Banjo seems a little bit um, tired. tired. Yeah. (laughs) He even sounds more tired in this as, as now I'm sure John Tessier would just say it's because of all the the bong rips he's taken. But, but Banjo does sound uh, a little bit older, a little bit um, less of a sunny, uh, demeanor he, he's kind of um yeah and I, i'm sure like he might even be going through a depressive state i mean his house is blown up i mean even after this adventure is over presuming they survive at all what does he have to go back to charred ruins no he's got to rebuild and who knows if he has the money and the funds to do that and and his friend is dead and, and who knows who else is going to die throughout this. So I, I think this was like uh, not a real fun romp for Banjo. Not that the original Banjo-Kazooie or Grunny's Revenge were fun romps. I mean, they both threatened his family or his very livelihood. But this one started out with that livelihood getting toppled anyway. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Banjo is definitely struggling a bit mentally in banjo Tooie, and and that might explain some of his more careless actions as a result like the aforementioned <laughs> manslaughter or, or cube slaughter uh, of george and mildred but mm-hmm. yeah um of course you know he he befriends humble wumba here and, and jam jars he and this is where he meets jolly roger who becomes uh, a well-known associate uh, of the duo and and so he, he expands his friend network throughout this adventure so i mean some good comes from it it's not like he you know th- this is just a miserable slog for banjo throughout um i, I yeah this is no con yeah here. yeah and granted banjo also has the foresight to bring his friend bottles back at the end where conquer might have had that chance with barry <laughs> and he just didn't think about it because look at me with his cool sword Aren't I the precious yeah, little badass? The Fuck you, Conker. Programmer, I cut off an alien head. Yeah, I, I. You know what, Conker? If you're listening, fuck you. I. I am so done with your bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Wherever he is, rotting in a landfill or something. I don't know. I. I, I can clear. say that to Conker because I am Conker's friend. But if anybody out there who doesn't <laughs> like Conker says it, I will punch them in the mouth. <laughs> I say that I throat. say that as somebody who has the enormous first four figures conquer statue just staring at me right now glumly as as if I've insulted <laughs> it in any way. I it's it's not not because I don't want this to be like my Gruntilda buried in my front lawn where it, where it comes to yeah. it, it like it, it's waiting it and in two years from now it comes to murder me because i've talked shit about it i i poured so much negative kinetic energy into the statue that that it eventually is my undoing although what a cool way to die i mean getting mauled by a bear is pretty up there but getting murdered by my squirrel statue that comes to life imagine the news tabloids right the article the obituary right now conversation listeners i want to read it while i'm alive 
<laughs> Before we move on from Banjo-Tooie, I do want to address another connection that might be a familial connection that Banjo has. This is going to be another controversial bit of DK Vine slash Heil Fanon. So j- just bear with me here, Malik. Okay. Boggy Bear. Boggy Bear. Now, <sighs> oh, you, you're sighing. This isn't good. You're either sighing because you're tired of my <laughs> shit, or you're si- tired because we're discussing <laughs> Boggy, who is also another character who deserves nothing but pain and torment. It's mostly the latter. Now, now Boggy seems to, like... It's debatable whether he knows Banjo at all and freezes EP back when we meet him in, in Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, but he's also laying helpless on the ground after swallowing a jiggy like a dumbass. So, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Nintendo Power, which granted, it's Nintendo Power and what they say we have to take with a grain of salt because they have even less word of God than um, creators who say this isn't a shared universe. But... Yeah. Nintendo Power, in the pre-release build-up to Banjo-Kazooie, referred to Boggy as Banjo's cousin. And, and me... Oh my god. Uh, yeah, me being the impressionable youth that I was, who thought Nintendo Power was a reputable source of information, given that they were Nintendo's <laughs> official propaganda outlet here in North America, or, or at least the US and Canada. You, you had uh, Nintendo Power in Canada, right? Yes, yes, yes okay. we did. I, I, I'm never quite sure of the range of these magazines because I know in Mexico and Latin America and South America, they had uh, different Nintendo magazines. It's not like they just translated uh, Nintendo Power to Spanish. They had different publications entirely. So I'm like, did Nintendo Power reach Canada or did Nintendo of Canada have their own publication? But it was Nintendo Power. Okay. Um, yeah, it was Nintendo Power. Yeah, but, they, you know, I was like, oh, Boggy is going to be Banjo's cousin. Okay, that's cool. And so that informed the character when I met him, thinking, oh, this is Banjo's cousin. Even though nowhere in the lore does it say they're cousins. But part of me likes this idea that the only other family we see of Banjo besides 2D is this complete atrocious dirtbag. Um <laughs> You know, there, there's this new uh, AMC uh, sitcom that uh, called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Uh, <laughs> Is that really? What yeah, it's it, it, it play it plays against the tropes of the the, uh, the like slovenly slob of a father who's who's married to um, an implausibly attractive wife. And, and he's a complete fuck up, but we love him. Uh, and it's just like like the Kevin James sitcoms of of the aughts, you know, um, like uh, King of Queens and <laughs> Kevin yeah. Can Wait. Actually, was was his second one, which is this is actually a plane on Kevin can fuck himself. But um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that trope is exactly what Boggy is of just this this complete like piece of shit husband and father who's who who is so like completely detached from being a good 
member of the family that he it wants to willingly masturbate to porn with his friend slash cousin Banjo in the living room while his wife and children are in the other rooms. Like, Boggy just outright sucks. He's like, oh, I'm... <laughs> oh, I, like, the, these presents for my children. Oops. Forgot about them. Oops. <laughs> I, I choked him. on a jiggy. Oops. My children... They, my children <laughs> can wait. I, I want to race this walrus. Like, fuck Boggy, man. Oh. <laughs> So I like this this contrast with Banjo, be, be, like that. That's why Boggy works. That's why Boggy is so effective, because Boggy is the complete dirtbag antithesis of Banjo, <laughs> even down to their coloring. You know, like Banjo is is this honey bear, this sun bear, like like shimmering brown fur. Boggy, he's he's white. He he's um you know he's like I I, I don't know like he, he <laughs> what am I trying to say here? Uh, he's white. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just how you said it. <laughs> it's just really. <laughs> I'm not trying to turn this into a a, a a racial contrast here. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 shaded as opposites is what i'm saying banjo lives in the sun shaded boggy lives in the snow and 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 they, they are like ban banjo will move heaven and earth for his family boggy can't give a shit about his family and and and, and meanwhile boggy like is, is going down the very conventional route like wife Two kids, three kids, excuse me, three kids. Um, <laughs> and, and he, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Banjo, uh, he, he just wants a simpler life and he's not going to get, uh, attached <laughs> if he can't handle it. Banjo knows his limitations. Boggy fucking sucks. And Mrs. Boggy should <laughs> claim whatever her actual name is and leave his ass. <laughs> Uh, I'm just reading the chat. The, the one comment says, "Banjo Kazooie is secretly a story about racial inequality." Oh, and look who look who Boggy's neighbor is—the fucking racist Waza. <laughs> so, oh, I don't, I don't like non-walruses. Oh, but Freezy Peak, man, Freezy Peak under that veneer, under that that like hollow facade of a wonderful Christmas time. It's it's rotted I mean, underneath. I don't I don't blame Waza one hundred percent because he's living next to Boggy. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> oh wait, is is this a Waza redemption we've stumbled upon? That the reason Waza is a dirty racist is because the only interactions with bear kind he's had is Boggy, and of course, like yes. Oh my God, Waza! I'm I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I'm gonna have to reconsider. Waza. He would sully anybody's yeah. reputation. Oh wow! Character witness Waza is gonna take a completely different turn now. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, Banjo Tooie they they basically solve the Gruntilda <laughs> problem 
I was going to say they, they punt it down the road a little bit more, but they do literally kind of punt her at the end of Banjo-Tooie. <laughs> where she, she, she loses her body completely. She is just a skull, uh, a decapitated skull. And they, they play yeah. kickball with her and leave her on Cauldron Keep, presumably. But that's still, like, not dealing with the problem, <laughs> as we will later see. <laughs> like, Gruntilda is still... It's just kind of morbid way to do right, it, like, like, too. Benjo takes part in it, like, he, he's not like, I have, it's like, I, I kind of have an ethical problem with this. No, he's like, ooh, I think her eye just fell out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, I mean, granted, this is, like, the evil, like, heinous monster who did murder your friend uh, and, and tried to suck the life out of a good p- portion of this island. Like, I'm not saying, like, we need to, like... <laughs> treat her with kid gloves here but also maybe don't play kickball with her head like there 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 is a middle ground you know what they do in the japanese version of tui uh instead of a head because there was that whole decapitation thing going on in the late 2000s so what they put grunty's head uh there was like there was like a law in japan where it was like uh uh they couldn't show like decapitation and things like that because there were like murders going around with like uh a, a guy who would like cut people's heads off like crash bandicoot has a death animation in crash 2 where he gets crushed and all you see of him is his head waddling around in shoes but that version was cut from the japanese version because of what was going on in real life right so in banjo tooie uh they don't show grunty getting her head kicked around but in so in the end cut scene her head is in a sack so they're kicking that around instead so and i kind of think that's more messed <laughs> that up. It's definitely more messed up. <laughs> Let's put your head in a sack. <laughs> like, oh, okay, so, okay, forget about the head aspect, right? Forget about, like, you don't have a body. Let's just pretend this is a normal prisoner. Let, let's pretend it's Saddam yeah. Hussein. Um, uh, mm-hmm. a- after he was captured, after the Iraq War, uh, the second Iraq War, uh, Iraq War-y, War II-y, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> Let, let's say they, they not only put him in prison before the trial, they they stuck him in a sack and then kicked him for like an indeterminate amount of time. They just kicked him in a sack. Like like that is what they did to Gruntilda in the Japanese canon. So yeah, that is worse. Like it, it's one thing to kick Saddam Hussein. It's another thing to kick him in a sack. <laughs> take that witch <laughs> but again like they they could have taken her head which is basically like harmless at this point she might bite you a little bit but they, they maybe uh-huh. maybe they put her eye. head in a sack just for transportation purposes and, and take her to like humba like humba's wigwam or something or one of mumbo's skulls and like concoct said magical prison for her like like but still, like, feed her, like, twice a day. Maybe, like, <laughs> maybe put her in front of Judge Judy on the TV. Give her some entertainment. <laughs> like, be humane about it. Don't just kick her and then leave her on I the roof. I think that's humane for her. All right, all right. <laughs> that but, might, that might there's got to be some, like, punishment, but it's just, like prisons here in the u.s like it they're they're, it, they're not humane and they're they're barbaric in a lot of ways so we we need prison reform and i'm all about 
I, I can't be a hypocrite in my beliefs here, Malik. I believe we need prison reform. And I also believe Gruntilda the Witch, despite her crimes, needs to be treated with some semblance of humanity, uh, even if she does deserve <laughs> a lifetime sentence. So, uh, <laughs> don't, don't leave her skull on the roof of her tower, or her sister's tower. Uh, I mean, it's gonna rain, and it's gonna snow on her, and, and I don't know if she has any pain receptors at this point, but it's still pretty messed up. And also, you're just leaving her there. You know she's going to get back to you eventually, which she does, which she does. You're just... Yes, yes. So... They're just lazy. Before we talk about nuts and bolts, there there is another game that's placed in the canon is more nebulous. And and that is Banjo oh Pilot. Oh boy, uh, uh, Shades of Redneck Kong. Because we're talking about Banjo Pilot here, uh, once Diddy Kong Pilot, yes. but Banjo Pilot seemingly takes place after Banjo Tooie because you've got Jolly Roger, you, you've got Humba, you know, you, you King Jingling appears in it. So it, it Cheeto uh, is still in the layer. Um, and, and seems like fully like I, I live here now, but also Gruntilda appears as she does in Banjo Kazooie. She she's her classic Gruntilda form, um, and, and so the question is, where in the canon does Banjo Pilot take place? Some contrarian fans who who might say that there is no shared universe and Banjo does not exist in the same world as Donkey Kong and Conquer would say. Well, Banjo Pilot is non-canon. End of story. And those are those are the same killjoys, buzzkill, buzzkilljoys that would say that. Yes. Well, I'm a I'm a Zelda fan, and Smash Brothers isn't canon because I don't want to think of Link interacting with Pikachu. And, and, and <laughs> yeah, and it's like oh no, Smash Brothers—they're not the actual characters; they're just uh, trophies. They're just trophies, or just personifications of the actual character, meow. Yeah, because I hate fun. No. Yeah. Oh, is this a party? Is this a party I'm going to? Is that a punch bowl? Well, I better pee in it. <laughs> you can't fun. get pee. What are you then talking Then you can't about? get the pee out of the punch bowl. Uh, party's over. <laughs> That's that's what those people are. So Banjo Pilot is absolutely canon, and guess guess who's in it? Banjo Pilot. Oh, Expresso, Expresso the ostrich, because it's a shared universe. <laughs> because it's a game with reused assets, and we just didn't have a lot of time. But also because it's a <laughs> shared universe. But I get what you're coming right. from. Yeah, look, look. But also because it's a shared universe. <laughs> Diddy, Diddy wrote Expresso to Jinxy Dunes to cheer on his friend Banjo in these races. So, <laughs> wherever Banjo Pilot takes place... Now, he had nothing better My fanon is that Banjo Pilot takes place in the mid-aughts, um, like like half a decade after Banjo-Tooie. It takes place in real time when it was released. And the Gruntilda that we see in Banjo Pilot it is just, um... Yeah. Hard light hologram. Uh... Uh, mm-hmm. of like her skull makes it back to Spiral Mountain or maybe it's like halfway there uh, and, and then the, the Banjo Pilot uh, races are beginning and she's able to sign up for it and she uses magic to to 
briefly have the semblance of her old body back, but she can't keep up the illusion beyond the events of Banjo Pilot. But um, Pilot, which is what I call Banjo Pilot when I'm feeling lazy, Pilot is yeah. uh, interesting in that it's also one of the few instances we see Banjo being proactive at anything beyond an adventure that kind of falls into his lap. After Diddy Kong Racing, like, Banjo has the adventures happen to him because Gruntilda is causing a ruckus, and uh, causing a ruckus to him and his friends and family, so he has to step up. But Banjo Pilot, is, is Banjo agreeing to have plane races banjo banjo signing up for these plane races across the isle of hags and and spiral mountain and the realms connected to spiral mountain and and he's just doing it because he thinks it'll be fun and he's not just sitting in his armchair or sleeping in 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 the morning he's like no i'm I'm gonna have these plane races with my friends kazooie and mumbo and bottles and klungo who's now my friend because it makes me because it makes me happy (laughs) And and it's like one of the the only times we see Banjo like outside of like the post nuts and bolts uh, appearances he makes uh, of him just saying you know what I'm gonna do this I'm not gonna be a lazy asshole today and so <laughs> you know wherever Banjo Pilot takes place in the canon you you know I I hear arguments for after Banjo Kazooie uh, but before Banjo Tooie and I'm just like it doesn't really work you just kind of have if you can hand wave away Gruntilda then it works just fine after Tooie yeah but um, yeah I mean that that is Banjo I think showing a little bit of the same kind of uh, what's a delicate way to say this affinity for being a media whore that mario has where 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 he's like <laughs> i want to be well you know mario he, i, I want to be a race car driver i want to be a golfer i want to be a tennis player i want to be a doctor let me get my hands inside of you and perform sword surgery Ooh, uh but only until november 1st yeah, 2021 yeah, they're revoking my law lo- <laughs> my, my my medical license because uh <laughs> Because I've 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 had too many patients die on my table. <laughs> M- Mario is very much like I don't know how Mario has the time to do anything, uh, you know, because because he's simultaneously in the Olympics this week, but he's also still doing Mario Kart Tour, and, and that's in addition to all of his <laughs> other responsibilities. Like Mario, he has made a full time career out of being Mario and, and Donkey Kong, and to a lesser extent Diddy, and to a much lesser extent Dixie and Funky. Uh, also, you know, sometimes participate in those events. Like they 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 have like these obligations. Like, well, I will make an appearance if it's for charity. I will make an appearance in this Mario tennis. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Banjo doesn't really do that often, especially having a whole event that seems centered around his core group of friends. Banjo Pilot's really it, and, and so I could see like him doing it once and being like, I'm good. Like that, that was fun. I don't really mm-hmm. want to do that again. That was too much work. Um. Uh, yeah, that's not my that's, shtick. That's not my style. Yeah. So, I mean, I I like and yes, there there are the real world reasons because uh the buyout happened because uh 
Rare's handheld team was scuttled uh, because every time they tried to get a banjo racing game on the Xbox off the ground, it fell into development hell and was abandoned. Uh, All sorts of reasons, real world reasons why banjo doesn't make a habit out of this. But I like the in-universe rationale that banjo is just too laid back to keep up the Mario pace. That's not who he is. And I respect him for that, Malik. I think, hey, you know what, buddy? You, you did it once, you got your fill, and you're ready to do new stuff now. And and I respect that. And, and it's one of the reasons I loathe Mario, because he's such a phony. He's so phony. But Banjo, mm-hmm. he's authentic. <laughs> Banjo, sorry. Banjo is <laughs> somebody I would want to have a beer with. Mario, I wouldn't have a beer with him because he would just be looking for the endorsement deal where he'd be holding up the beer and be getting, you know, checks written in his name for holding up the beer. Mm-hmm. But Banjo, he, let's just, totally let's just kick that. back in Banjo's house. No cameras, no press, no media. Nobody would even know we were there. Nope. God, Banjo's a great character. So, uh... I know, right? <laughs> after Banjo Pilot, though, Banjo does let himself go a little bit. He, um... Mm-hmm. He was, you know, Gruntilda, she presumably was just left after the events of Banjo Pilot to continue being a skull somewhere. Uh, and now we don't have to worry about her. And and no adventures are falling into our laps. And we, we did the pilot thing. It's kind of weird how our planes slowed down when we went off track. Planes don't do that. I guess that's just the way they were built. Okay. Uh, so So what next? Well... Let's just get an Xbox 360 and, and let's become gamers and let's order fast food and, and not leave the house much. Banjo and Kazooie enter a real slovenly state that, that closely mirrors bottles, except they don't owe anything to anybody at this point. So it, it's or, or bottle, excuse me, boggy, boggy, the, the um, boggy, the slob, uh, boggy can fuck himself. But but Banjo and Kazooie, <laughs> they're, you know, they're not responsible for any children. Uh, so they're just responsible for themselves, and this is how they choose to spend their time. And and that's that's the life they want to lead. And I think that's great. I I, I like that Nuts and Bolts has this leap forward in time. Uh, that we're basically catching up with these characters in real time, and of course they've let themselves go. They're not in tip top or tipped up shape anymore. They are. <laughs> um, out of practice as they should be like this is the way i want a mario game to to start off but of course mario never stops mario (laughs) probably does three lines of coke in the morning and then he goes out and that's how he appears in 16 games in one week and then mario fans are still uh, complaining that odyssey 2 isn't on the way and that oh no nintendo epd might be doing a new donkey kong game haven't you had enough I miss when Mario was from the Bronx, man. That's my favorite. Brooklyn, but yes. You wake up in the morning, it's like, oh, man, it's time to go save the princess again. (laughs) Oh, Mario, I'm going to save the princess from my Brooklyn plumbing uh, business. Where's my pizza? I could have sworn I ordered that like half an hour ago. I bet I bet the building that used to house Mario Brothers plumbing is now a dispensary. <laughs> a dispensary for marijuana. 
Yeah. Ah. <laughs> you see how in the dark I am? <laughs> Wasn't it legal? Yeah, I mean, I I think it, I feel like it was legal in Canada way before it was legal here. Uh, but I'm I'm hip oh, yeah. to the vernacular, Malik. Me and my buddy Doctor Dang. I'm not. <laughs> I'm still following that Facebook page with the cool spider with the sneakers, and that's how I get my my updates. I'm still wondering where all the candy went. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah nuts and bolts i i like that they're basically retired from the lifestyle because they never wanted to be video game heroes but you know and, and they did their duty they did their tour of service they're done at this point and, and as much as like army heroes yeah veterans. yeah uh and as much as you know we as fans wanted more and more banjo games uh, and we had to wait Eight years for the next console game? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I know, right? Ugh. I, <laughs> just kill what me they now. did in the universe with, with it was perfect, in my opinion. I, I thought this whole bit was great. Of course, Grantilda comes back. She she eventually hops all the way back to Spiral Mountain, which I love. Like she her skull hops all <laughs> the way back. And and this is where things get weird because yeah, Gruntilda's back. Another another case of she she causes problems in Banjo and Kazooie's life. They have to get revenge, and then they're not going to deal with the problem at all after that. Thankfully, a deity intervenes at long last and says, "You know what? This has to end. This has to end. This is going to go on forever. How much more collateral damage can we really have? How many more casualties are going to fall?" In this blood feud, I, the Lord of Games, am intervening and, and putting a stop to this. And I am basically instituting the final battle. This is it. Uh, and and whoever, whoever loses this will get evicted from Spiral Mountain. And this is how we're going to settle this. Uh, and, and that is how the plot of Nuts and Bolts unfolds. And you know, nuts and bolts is we're not we're not here to debate the quality of nuts and bolts. I think it's a great game. I just think it it was introduced to fans poorly. I think it was a couple years ahead of its time in its um, presentation. I, I think uh, it's definitely gotten a following in recent years, especially uh, post rare replay and. After enough time has passed, and after we had ukulele, and you know, I, I a good portion of the fan base will never make their peace with it. But um, we at DK Vine are pro nuts and bolts. I I still want uh, a real banjo. When I say a real banjo kazooie sequel, that that sounds dismissive. <laughs> I still want uh, an actual mm-hmm. banjo kazooie sequel that follows the mechanics of the first two games. But uh, I love nuts and bolts for what it is and i think it's a brilliant game in its own right and you just have to be in the right mindset for it uh, but from a lore perspective uh i think it's a hell of a sequel and it, it definitely um ticks off a lot of boxes as far as catching up with banjo and kazooie and, and the cast and you know their their world uh i even like the lord of games and i think that's also another opinion that's soft and over time people hated log 
when the game came out, they're like, this completely breaks Banjo and Kazooie and their world. The fact that we have basically God coming down and intervening, nothing matters anymore. Uh, you don't really hear that so much anymore. I think, like, I, I see a lot of people online using Log as sort of their avatar, their um, their profile picture in a lot of different places now. Like, I, I will be surprised when I'm on a completely unrelated website and I'm reading the comments and somebody has Log as their avatar. And that happens from time to time. Political sites, even. I will be reading political news, and there is the Lord of Games. <laughs> and I'm just, Are you kidding? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, so, anyway, um, that that's just my log tangent. Uh, let's keep talking about Banjo. Uh, did you, what, did, what do you think, Malik, about Banjo and his role and his adventure in Nuts and Bolts? I think so. Okay, so I have not played Nuts and Bolts yet. One day before I die. What? The cartoon (laughs) gamer has not played this cartoon game? Not yet. Not yet. I'm still making my way through everything that I got, but it is (laughs) on the list. But I respect the heck out of Nuts and Bolts, but... I think it's really cool, again, what you, I, I pretty much echo what you just said. I think it's really cool what they did with Banjo and Kazooie, how they basically, they basically, they're like people who did, who peaked at some point in their life, yes. and then they're like, all right, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to get any better. I don't need to prove nothing to nobody. And, and that's I'm fine. just going to chill here. Like, like and there, it's okay. There, yeah, there, there's this pressure, I think. Um, and when I say Banjo is like, w- has many aspects of a millennial. I think one of them is hitting the point where you realize that all these expectations that are put on you from societal pressure are bullshit, are meaningless. And and you hit a point in your life where you're like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't need to, (laughs) I don't need to jump through any hoops. I don't need to to do this, to have this aspirational lifestyle. I don't want to be the cast of Friends. I, I don't want to live this this fictionalized, romanticized life that, that you've laid out for me. I don't I, I don't care about about stocks or or a four oh one K or any of that bullshit. I just want a simple life and I wanna be a Donkey Kong journalist. And, and mm-hmm. so uh, that you know, ban- banjo and Kazooie, they both got to that point, and I I love the hell out of it. I I really do. But uh, they, they could you know lose a few pounds, but that's just for their their own well being. You know, but, you know, for for the controversial redesign because we haven't really talked about Banjo's design because it, it stays pretty consistent. Uh, dubious Grunny's revenge, quote unquote, render aside, it stays pretty consistent from Diddy Kong Racing through Banjo Pilot. Uh, but the redesign in Nuts and Bolts, still very controversial to this day, even if Nuts and Bolts is less so. And and I will admit, yeah, like... you want to... Oh, no, I was just going to say, you want to talk multifaceted. We said Banjo was multifaceted earlier yeah. in the episode, but you want to talk multifaceted. <laughs> this yeah. is multifaceted. Yeah, I, I think that... You know, it works fine when you're actually playing the game. It's just in still images, uh, in, in, you know, promotional artwork, it definitely is is still jarring to this day. I get what they were going mm-hmm. for, but I think it was... I, I don't know. I'm very glad that um, 
Rare has kind of reverted back to something that cues closer to the N64 look. Um, yeah. And, and you saw that uh, when Rare Re- Replay was coming out and they had the new statue commission of Banjo and Kazooie. That was kind of the, the first taste of this is this is what we're going to push uh, from here on out, unless it's in the specific contest, uh, context of nuts and bolts. Um, but, you know, I still very much like the nuts and bolts design for what it is in the game that it is. Uh, but I am quite relieved that they look the way they do in Smash. I would love, like, an, an alt, um, an alt, like, appearance of the nuts and bolts design in Smash. I think that would be fun. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, in universe, though, I explained the dramatic redesign in that, you know, they gained all this weight. And they worked it off a little bit, but they still weren't completely in shape throughout Nuts and Bolts. And so they yeah. still retain that appearance throughout um, Nuts and Bolts and Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing with Banjo-Kazooie. And then by the time we get to Minecraft, they've, they've reverted back to their more svelte appearance, their traditional appearance. And they've, they've worked off the remaining uh, water weight in their face and everything and they're back they're back to the way we know them that's my in-universe rationale for how they look why they look the way they look you don't really need to worry about that but i'm also the person who came up with prosthetic golfing fingers to explain why diddy and his fellow monkey kongs suddenly have five fingers and five toes on each hand and foot after the rare buyout so of course i'm gonna worry about this of course i'm gonna find an explanation this is who i am and you know what? Because I am a well-adjusted millennial, and I don't care what boomers and Gen Xers tell me to do, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You're living your best life, Hyle. Boggy can fuck himself. So Yes. Uh, yes, he can. So nuts and bolts, though, it basically ends the blood feud with Gruntilda. I mean, Log is that magical intervention we've been saying that Banjo needed. Log puts Gruntilda to work in her fact in his factory, his video game factory, and that's it. Gruntilda is dealt with. Uh, I know mm-hmm. she re- she reappears in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but it's kind of nebulous when Spiral Mountain takes place in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So uh, I, you know, I, I think this kind of effectively deals with the Gruntilda problem. At long last, all they needed was God to intervene. For them. That's all they needed. <laughs> they just needed to accept fate. <laughs> it literally took God to get this whole thing to stop. Can you imagine? Yeah, I, that's I, all it took. It, it's like people who like they're, they're just like waiting for divine intervention to turn their lives around. <laughs> and I can see like why those people think that. Because they're nuts and bolts fans, they saw what happened with Banjo. (laughs) (laughs) All those people who are like, "I'm not going to get the vaccine. God will take care of COVID for me." All 140,000 of them who bought nuts and bolts. They they played logs, lost challenges, everything. (laughs) (laughs) They did the multiplayer, all that stuff. No, I'm I'm not. I I don't want to rope the nuts and bolts, the fine nuts and bolts fans. (laughs) With the the people who are prolonging this pandemic, that is that is slanderous. That is scandalous. Yeah. Um, nuts and bolts fans are some of my best friends. Uh, mm-hmm. They're some of my 
birds in my backpack. So uh, I, I will not. I will not sit here and make that <laughs> even as a joke. That was too far. That yeah, was I a. Re- I was just rolling along. That was a real so boggy joke. That was a real boggy type joke, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Something Conker would say We're drunk at the that. bar. We are so much better than those two. That would be a good buddy duo, Conker and Boggy. Just the most miserable Ugh. fucking rare game. No, <laughs> I would no. Just just cancel it. <laughs> I really do like Conquer. I, I I'm I'm just I'm just getting caught up in my adulation of banjo. And I when you compare the two, you can't help but put <laughs> one on a pedestal and hope one dies a miserable prolonged death. If I was Phil Spencer and, I, and Rare came with me with a pitch for a Boggy and Conquer game, I'd be like. What is wrong with you? It's like I'm selling you back to Nintendo. It's like, get out of here with this. You want me to put you on Kinect games again? I don't care how well Sea of Thieves has done for us. We're we're done with you. I will bring back the Kinect just to put you on there just for bringing that up. Um, and so, like, it, it's funny because K. Rule and, and his antagonist relationship with the Kongs kind of mirrors Gruntilda and her antagonist relationship with Banjo and Kazooie because, you know, K. Rule also completely, like, ended, essentially. His his island blew up, and from there, it was just a series of diminishing returns and defeats to the point where he basically had no army, no resources, and he was left... Um, this this pauper who has a torn cape and he's dirty hiding out in the jungle until Master Hand <laughs> literally pulls him from obscurity and, and returns him to prominence. Uh, and and Gruntilda is, is kind of the same way. Her story ends here. Her rival, Ryu Banjo-Kazooie, have, has a logical ending. Log kind of closes the loop. And, and so as much as we as fans wanted to see K. Rule come back, and and want to see him as the main antagonist in the next Donkey Kong game, which I don't think we'll have to worry about. Uh, and as much as we want a new Banjo-Kazooie game, it kind of also works the way things unfolded. The, the story for both kind of ended. And um, like they were both soundly defeated at long last. So, mm-hmm. you know, even if we hadn't, hadn't gotten anything else, at least from an in-universe perspective... We had some semblance of closure here. And we still had this closure with Banjo to this day because this enters the era of Banjo that and Kazooie that I like to call the retirement years. Because after Nuts and Bolts, they were they've essentially been retired for the last thirteen years. Um they've made a handful of appearances, but usually in a recreational sense. Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing with Banjo-Kazooie came shortly on the heels of Nuts and Bolts, but it's just them participating in in this uh in this in, the, in this in this race with uh Sonic and Sega All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, I have to wonder, have you ever wondered what what are they doing there? Like th- there's there's no justification really for them to be there. I figured it was just a thing where it's like, hey, we started out in, like, a racing game. Let's do that again. It's like, like you said, they're retired, but it's sort of like a thing where they just show up at, like, a public appearance. And it's like, hey, it's me. Remember me from 
the, the things that I did back in the day, I'm sort of reliving my glory days by showing up here. That's what I always thought. So, my theory, and I don't know if I've ever really shared this on the conversation, is that the link at this point between Sonic and Banjo and Kazooie, besides, you know, Sonic knowing Diddy Kong from Super Smash Brothers Brawl, um, and you know, their future knowing of each other in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, Sonic and Banjo and Kazooie. Uh, the obvious link between Banjo and the Sega universe, which I, in the like multiverse would be a different universe entirely. Uh, it would have to be Locke, right? Like the Lord of Games who introduced himself to Banjo and Kazooie, he probably brokered this appearance and, and allowed Banjo and Kazooie to appear in the Sega universe this one yeah. time. Um, I mean, that, that is the most logical explanation for me. Like, uh, log, get log, log, log. I can't even, oh my God, I can't even say that. My brain won't even <laughs> let me. I am so sorry lo- I brought that up. Now you're log- going to think about that. Logical. Oh, it's hard to log- say. Logical. Logical. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow i'm getting punchy (laughs) yeah so i i think that there has to be some sort of meta element to it where where log like came to them and was like like came to sonic and was like hey i can sweeten the deal for you on xbox uh i know a guy and i i know the guy's friend uh we just had some dealings with each other. Let me see if this can happen. It's like, Banjo, you, you have raced twice now. Um, I mean, you've been in two racing games. You raced in Nuts and Bolts, too. And you did some some other races in Kazooie and, and Grunny's Revenge and Tui. But, you know, you, you've, you've been in two racing games. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, who is this hedgehog you don't know, but your friend Diddy knows. Uh, he is in need of another racer for this big racing uh, Grand Prix he's having over in his universe. Uh, I did you a solid by basically imprisoning Gruntilda for life. You got to do this <laughs> for me. You, you got you. you I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna beam you over to the Sega universe and you're gonna participate in races. And, and this time Kazooie came with them too. Uh, the first time Banjo and Kazooie actually raced together in a racing game. So yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. So that's my fanon for how Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing with Banjo Kazooie came about. But uh, you know, it would be it's great. better than mine. Eh, I mean, I'm sure I'm <laughs> I'm sure someone who's listening to this thinks my idea is trash and, and much prefers your idea. Yeah. if only that iteration of the franchise was uh backwards compatible on the xbox one and and subsequent xboxes because it's not and that drives me crazy because the one that should the one that has the original xbox or or rather the purchased xbox characters on it uh they 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 don't put it on there put the, the the sequel and it's like who cares about the sequel even though it's fundamentally better it doesn't have banjo and kazooie in it yeah wow that's the one thing. So Banjo and Kazooie next appeared in a cameo uh, in the early uh, 2010s in Minecraft. 
and and yes. they they appeared uh they and conquer and a bunch of other rare characters greg the grim reaper uh they, they Gruntilda, I, I know, I think she showed up here, but they appeared in Minecraft, and it was confirmed by Rare's Lee Loveday that these are actual appearances of the characters. They aren't just skins for Steve, and, and so because Tootie was one of the skins, we ran with this. We we were like, mm-hmm. well, this explains where Tootie's been. She uh fell into the Minecraft realm and decided to live there like any other um like like any other like young uh, young millennial or or is it even or is she Gen Z she loves Minecraft and and she she fell into the world and she decided I'm going to stay here she ran away from home essentially and Maybe she sent word to Banjo that she was okay. I hope she did. But in <laughs> any case, Banjo and Kazooie eventually come visit her in the Minecraft realm. And that is that is how Banjo and Kazooie uh, fall into Minecraft and quite with that. It's basically just a little family reunion for them, which is sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, yeah, of course, you know, and then you've got Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong being in Minecraft because Minecraft is this now there's just this huge thing. And, and it's like, you know, of course, Minecraft characters are in Smash with Banjo-Kazooie and, you know, Microsoft owns it, but it's on Nintendo and it's on PlayStation. It's, it's everywhere. So you can have all these characters. It's just the Minecraft realm is a, another dimension where all of these characters from other dimensions can come together and meet and, and greet. And anyway, um, it, it, it's a place where Donkey <laughs> and Banjo and Diddy and Kazooie can all can all meet together before Smash Brothers made it possible again. So, yes. And then there's. Hashtag IDARB. IDARB. This was, uh, I want to say 2015, 16, maybe early 2016, that Banjo and Kazooie and Conker and Fudge Hog and Cameo and Joanna Dark and, and uh, Juno and I think Vela and Saberman, they were all added to IDARB. Which is is just this indie game that's an Xbox One exclusive, and it's just very simplistic. Uh, it, it is um, vertical soccer. Um, it, it's it's just it it's a it's a weird game, and it's got a bunch of characters in it. It's got um, I think Halo characters in it. It's got Oddworld characters in it. Um, the rare characters and Killer Instinct characters, but um, it's got Richard Nixon. He's in it. Um, <laughs> a, a group of characters called Your Mom. So canonically, Your Mom is in it. Uh, <laughs> your mom. Yeah. <laughs> your mother. <laughs> so yeah, I I Darb is like the closest thing we have to Banjo getting back to the Mario state of being like, I am going to participate in this sporting event. Uh, but, but I, I think in this case, it's a bunch of people from the rare archipelago um, getting involved, forming their own team and, and, um, and, and playing futuristic soccer. I, I haven't honestly 
parsed out the story for this and like what what it is besides the rear team participating in this giant's um like uh like athletic competition maybe this is like a, a supplement to all of the connect uh the, the connect sports games happening over on rivals islands i i don't know but um th- there's also a big cosmic congruence here because you've got cthulhu uh cthulhu is a character in this game uh so it's weird it, it's weird but uh, th- this is Banjo and Kazooie participating in a sports game. Um, just a far more quirkier sports game than Mario ever indulges in. So uh, it's it's one of my favorites. I, I love iDarb. It's always, whenever I play it with friends, it's always a guaranteed laugh riot. So uh, check it out. It's it's on Xbox if, if you want to download it. Uh, iDarb. Uh, it's definitely worth it, especially if you... Uh, just just want to play a fun game with banjo. You know, I, I always thought that game was about basketball. I, was, I had a Space Jam joke ready, but it, it's a soccer game. Don't so bring up Space Jam around me, Malik. Mm. <laughs> Why? I thought you didn't like Shrek. Oh, I, I, I am like banjo. I contain multitudes. I am multifaceted <laughs> in the animated properties from the 90s and early aughts <laughs> that, I, that I can hate. All right. And just outright <laughs> refuse to watch again. <laughs> you still need to see Shrek, but you know, but you all Space Jam is also a fun time. But that is that is what I had for this, this whole iDarb thing. No, like, I mean, I mean, iDarb. It, it I, I said it's vertical soccer, but there is basketball in there too. It, it's 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 its own kind of sport. It, it's a blending of different athletic pursuits. So, um. A little bit of basketball in there, a little bit of Space Jam in there, sure. Except it's far more logical as a story and as a brand than Space Jam is. <laughs> just, just not as popular. Oh. Um, but it doesn't. It <laughs> That's do- a crying shame. It doesn't have a, a, a top forty single by a rapist in it, so it's got that going for it. Oh dear. Oh, I was I not supposed to bring up R. Kelly on on the <laughs> character witness banjo bear episode. Sorry. Well, you know. Of all places, <laughs> maybe. Mm, I mean, it's not it's not my show, but <laughs> you know, Banjo believed he could fly in that Banjo Tooie commercial, but then he hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to the end: Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh master oh, hand here we go this this other um d- other dimensional entity uh who who deals with video game characters finally deemed banjo and Gazooie worthy enough of all the champions who compete in smash to say i choose you banjo and Kazooie. those who were prophesized by the ancients in the sea of thieves long ago i'm finally getting around to saying you're as important as this random jigglypuff as this 12th fire emblem character as a piranha plant i i say <laughs> you are now just as important as they are you of legend, you who have dealt with the actual video game god, uh, welcome to Smash. Mm-hmm. So, it is debatable where Spiral Mountain actually, where in time the Spiral Mountain visit actually takes place. Because Gruntilda is flying around, which would suggest this takes place 
uh, same time as Banjo Kazooie did because she she's her traditional form. Uh, but then Mumbo's, you know, also in the background and and Bottles and Tootie's running around. So Mamie does take place, but Bot- uh, Mumbo doesn't know them yet, and Bottles isn't supposed to know them yet. So does it take place in the middle of Banjo Kazooie? Well, then what's Tootie doing running around? Well, it, does it take place at the end of Banjo Kazooie? Well, then why is Gruntilda flying around? Uh, is Gruntilda just a hard light hologram like she was in Banjo Pilot? I I have had long-winded arguments about this with all of my friends, with with nearly every DK Vine staffer, with our friend Mitchell Wolf. Nobody can reach consensus. And so uh, I want to hear what you have to think, Malik, because I would love to argue with you. Oh, that's nice of you, Heil. But I've actually, <laughs> I have actually thought about this, too. And uh, I actually talked about this with my younger cousin, who's played Kazooie, Tui, and Nuts and Bolts, and has loved all I of them. I hope your younger cousin isn't named Boggy. No, no, it's, he's, 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 that's not his name, thank God. Or Boggy thank can log. fuck himself. Yes, like <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> I brought up this. Like, when do you think this takes place in the Banjo Kazooie timeline? Because when I brought up that Bottles is alive and well, he just started laughing. It was like, wait, <laughs> when does this take place? Because <laughs> Grunty's alive, Bottles is alive, Tootie is here. I, I personally, my fan in my head canon is that it's sort of like a stage play. Like, these 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 characters are all just, uh, like, Masterhand, like, plucked them out of various uh, times and just put them in here, and they're just doing their thing. Like, they're just going on stage and just acting a role. It's not really, like, well, yeah, it's not really... It doesn't take place in any discernible timeline because Banjo's house has the nuts and bolts style in the background. Yeah. And it's completely, uh, it's not burned down. So, yeah, it's just like <laughs> taking little mishmashes of different pieces and then just putting them all together. And it's like, yeah, this is Banjo Kazooie as you remember it. It doesn't take place yeah. in a timeline or something. I, I, I like to think it's, Contemporary, contemporary Spiral Mountain, Spiral Mountain in, in 2019 or, or whenever. Um, but the, the characters that are spectating are possibly being plucked from time. So it's Gruntilda, um, be, being plucked from time in, in, from 98, maybe. And, and Mumbo might be from 2000. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe 2D is from 99 and, and maybe 2D, uh, actually found the Minecraft realm because she then followed Steve from Minecraft fighting in Spiral Mountain. And she over, so this is the explanation. This is the orchard for how 2D discovered the Minecraft realm. I, I don't know. We don't have a good explanation for it, but, um, <laughs> I do like to think it's the Banjo Kazooie from 2019. Like it, it is the modern Banjo Kazooie. Like we've caught up with them. This, this is what they're doing. They're in Smash. Uh, because it, it's not as fun for me if they're like plucked from earlier in the past because, Part of the appeal of Smash to me is having these characters interact with each other. So to have Banjo catch up 
with Diddy Kong, even if they're smacking each other in the face, it's still fun for me. Like, like, oh, hi, Diddy. Smack. Oh. <laughs> What's up, Donkey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, it's Donkey Kong. I haven't seen you since 1996. <laughs> that's that's because you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I know a lot of people want to take their, their Smash reveal, the Best Friends trailer, as canon. Again, I don't know if we can view those things as canon, but they can inform uh, our understanding of the characters. So, I, you know, obviously Donkey and Diddy were very ecstatic to see Banjo uh, again. Yeah. And uh, K, K. Roll even was ecstatic, and that was just, I think, more... Um, uh, quite a, a meta thing where it's like oh we're all rare characters back together again hurrah uh just and, and it's, it's like that's why it's so funny where it's just like at the, the beginning of the trailer he's like yeah and then by the end he's like ah <laughs> yeah where where k roll gets gingenatored yeah <laughs> it's like dude um, what did i do to you <laughs> well yeah i i think too you could you could think of it as like k roll you know, before Smash, K. Roll probably doesn't even know Banjo. Um, he might read like the news and read the story about like how this bear, this local bear, in Spiral Mountain, overthrew this witch, um, overthrew Gruntilda the Wet Witch of of Grunty Industries fame. What will this mean for underpants production in 1999? <laughs> but um, I, I don't think K. Roll personally knew Banjo or knew him by heart. Um, he does now. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the magic of Smash. But, um, yeah, I mean, the fun for me is, like, having Banjo meet K. Rule, uh, having K. Rule see Gruntilda in Spiral Mountain, um, having Banjo fight Fox McCloud, and having Diddy there. Do you think they talk about Tricky? Uh, so, like, so Which many, tricky? so many fun. <laughs> Don't you start with me. <laughs> it- I I I almost I almost lost my shit with Bear Bear. We're not going <laughs> to go down the tricky path. <laughs> no, but that 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 is like Smash is. I know I'm saying they are not trophies brought to life. They are not little rag dolls used by Master Hand. That is just uh, an analogy. But um, it very much is like playing with action figures when you're a kid, and it's like. Oh, I'm gonna have Batman meet Superman before I even knew they were in a shared universe. It's like, oh look, they're interacting with each other. Isn't this cool? That's Martha! what Smash Brothers is. <laughs> Where's the trigger? Where's it? Where's it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting like my Batman's yeah. mixed up. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's fine. It's uh. The thing is, once we start doing the the Batman voices, we are going to lose our voices itself. So, we, <laughs> you know, and, and in a podcast full of bad impressions, we probably should wrap this up before we go <laughs> full Christian Bale. Um, <laughs> so, final thoughts on Banjo Bear? Yes, I said Banjo Bear, Andre. Deal. Um. Malika, I, I want you to, because I've said very clearly how I feel about Banjo. I want to know how the cartoon gamer feels about one half of the legendary buddy duo. Uh, so, so it's cool. Banjo is a character. So I didn't know about Banjo personally until I saw a commercial for Nuts and Bolts on my local Fox station on a Saturday morning 
when I was watching Viva Pinata, actually. And I was like, hey, yeah, and I actually got to speak to uh, one of the guys who played one of the characters a while ago. He's really cool. But uh, anyways, back to Banjo. Banjo is co- I when I saw him in a commercial, I thought he was really cool. I was like, who is this bear dude? And then I read him on the Mario wiki and after a while, <laughs> just like, who's Banjo and Kazooie? But Banjo, because we're talking about Banjo today, he's a really cool dude. And man, like you said, if I, if I was one to drink, I would get a beer with Banjo. I would split a ginger ale with Banjo because Banjo is the kind of person that I could get along with in just about any situation. He doesn't seem like the kind of person who would, you know, like just un- like get in my way or mess with my personal traditional values or <sighs> he's just a good dude man and he is yeah a solid dude he's a yeah. solid dude and no matter what anyone says like a, a certain prima guide he is not a hound he is a bear <laughs> he's the best bear he's Banjo not the he, hound. i can't believe that <laughs> but i can't believe yeah. banjo is a good dude everyone everyone should know banjo because banjo's great yeah i i think banjo i obviously i've always liked banjo i've always loved banjo from the very first moment i saw the e397 uh reveal of banjo kazooie in nintendo power and i was initially hurt that it wasn't a new Donkey Kong game. It wasn't my 3D Donkey Kong game. And then I started looking at his render and was like, he sort of looks like the Brothers Bear. I wonder if there's a connection. Wouldn't it be amazing if this took place in the same universe as Donkey Kong? And um, and then Divine Intervention. My own personal log came about and that Banjo-Kazooie <laughs> was delayed and Diddy Kong Racing came about and Banjo became the first ever donkey kong spinoff character uh are you i mean unless you want to count donkey kong himself being a donkey kong spinoff character from the arcade games just as mario spun off from that but you know and whatever yeah, um what did he do where's he today he's a corporate shill <laughs> but you know I, I i think that i didn't really appreciate banjo as a character i appreciated more as an idea what he represented more than I did as a character because he was, you know, when I was a teenager in 1998 uh, and as I aged and I continued to age into 2001, somebody like Conker was a lot more appealing to me. Somebody who was cynical and, and bitter and, and, you know, dealing with a lot of my own issues, my own depression and self-loathing uh, and, and wanting characters that were sort of nasty i gravitated towards conquer um and banjo was just too goody goody uh kazooie was the better alternative i still liked what banjo represented i never disliked banjo but i couldn't empathize with him i couldn't really um get him and as i've gotten older and i've dealt with my own issues and i've discovered uh, or rather, allow myself to embrace my own humanity and, and my own like true self. And as I see the state of the world around me, the the horrifying, depressing, uh, soul shattering state of the world, and I realize we could actually use people like Banjo 
in the world itself, more people like Banjo in the world itself. And that really boosts Banjo, in my opinion. Like, Banjo is a tonic for our troubled times, mm-hmm. if, if, you, if you want the hyperbole there. Uh, I, I think that Banjo, he, he's, he's the perfect hero because he, he kind of is like the Captain America of the DKU in that he, he, you would think he wouldn't work because he's so goody-goody, but that's exactly what we need right now as a society, as a pop culture, as uh, just this this collective aspiration. We we gravitate towards like Chris Evans' Captain America <laughs> because like that is actually like cool again. It it it, it is like uh, the world sucks so much that we we've kind of gone back to the like aspirations from our heroes of the 1940s. We're no longer like ironic and jaded. No, no. We like give us a stand-up guy. Give us this dude like Captain America. Banjo is our Captain America. That is where I'm ending this on with, with, with that like, um, comp- like mic drop of a statement. Banjo is our Captain America. And I've only grown more in love with him as the world has continued to go down the lago. So what does that make Conquer then? If Banjo is Captain America, what is what does that make Conquer or Boggy, I guess? Chris Pratt. This has been a File 2 production. Carico.